Hey everybody, welcome back. You are listening to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster360. He is Steve, Xbox Live Stevevich. And Sony has played its hand in episode 177 today, June 11th, 2020. I am pleased as punch to have Nick, a.k.a. Big Baby Moose, join us for this little shindig. So, Nick, welcome back to Joygasm. Why, thank you. I am just honored to be here, as always. As well you should be, good sir. It's always a pleasure. I know Steve is Twitter-pated as well, aren't you, Steve? Uh, Twitter-pated, yes. Uh, oh, <laughs> so I thought it'd be good just because there is so much to cover here to actually dispense as Darth Vader would say with the pleasantries and actually go right into our topic of the day, which is the Sony PlayStation PS five game reveal slash console reveal. I thought it'd be great if we could do a round robin thing where each of us could give our high level impressions of the presentation itself, just how Sony did. And then what we could do is go game by game. And luckily I've got the the list here. So we won't forget any single title that was shown. So I say without further ado, Nicholas, could you please share what you thought of Sony's presentation? Absolutely. I would be happy to share my thoughts and I will do that right now. I thought that the, uh, the event was very good. You know, I imagine doing these kinds of things. I know that Xbox did kind of a little one, um, a little bit ago and we talked about that. And now here we have another one again with the lack of E3 that, Mm. um, there can be some challenge. Although if I recall, I think Sony did opted out of E3 last year. Is that correct? You yeah, remember? they did. Yeah, yeah. So they they're kind of, they kind of already have a head start, I guess you might say, on, on you know knowing how to throw one of these things off. And uh, I thought it was really good. I think the sheer amount of titles they showed was impressive, um, and in particular their their lineup of exclusives, unsurprisingly, was stellar. They hit a lot of high notes with. Uh, you know, some recent successes, Horizon Zero Dawn successor and the Spider-Man successor, and I'm sure we'll get into that more later. But uh, I think the real capper, of course, was the end with the system itself. As I suspected, and I think I mentioned last time I was on with you guys, I expected the form factor of the PS5 to be significantly better than the Xbox's gigantic brick. Mm-hmm. And I was not disappointed. That thing looks like a freaking alien spaceship. And I think it's <laughs> dead sexy. Ooh. But yeah, I thought it was a very good, a very good presentation. I think that they, they hit all the high notes that you'd want to hit. Right on. Steve, what did you think? Yeah, I thought, uh, in, in the words of Ford versus Froy, if Microsoft was in a beauty contest, it just lost. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I was looking at the system and I thought, okay, I want, usually I lay my system down. I keep it, I keep it horizontal. And I don't know if you could do that with this one or maybe it comes to a different you stand can. or. No, oh, okay. Yeah, you, you can. <laughs> it you, actually you, flies. Yeah. What? It hovers. It's, it's a drone. It's a, it's a PS5 drone. <laughs> um, that'd be awesome. Uh, <laughs> it just flies around the house all day. Hey, you guys want to play some? Uh, PlayStation's in the room. Anyway. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I thought the show was better than Microsoft had to offer. I appreciated the gameplay, and I, but he, I will say that 
I was ready to be thrown out of the chair with some major, you know, powerhouse graphic stuff. And I was, I thought it was a step up, like I thought with the Xbox reveal stuff, but um, I, I wasn't blown away mm. yet. So there was stuff that definitely, you know, there was games that definitely looked good, but I was like, okay, get the popcorn ready. Here we go. Let's go. Show me some stuff. Slap me in the face. And, um, I, you know, I, it was, it was fun, but it, but it didn't throw me out of my seat, you know? Sure. 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 I have a few thoughts here. Um, the first thing that, that struck me was I was surprised that the show itself was not streamed in 4k. And I understand that 4k, Mm -hmm. it takes a lot of data to be able to stream that. But considering that this is a a big deal, I was, I was kind of surprised that they kept it at 1080p considering that, you know, 4k is actually one of the kind of the cornerstones of this system in terms of, of having it run natively. Not to mention that when you watch something, like for instance, all of my screens are 4K on my computer. And so looking at a 1080p video, it's a lot smaller. At first I had it like, you know, maximized and I'm checking everything out full screen. And I realized, man, I'm kind of doing myself a disservice because I'm stretching the pixels since it's not 4K. So I ended up shrinking it back down to its normal size. Thankfully, after the stream itself, you could actually look on YouTube and they soon had like 4K Uh, videos of the same games, which if you haven't had a chance, I highly suggest you go check out the ones you're interested in because they do look significantly more impressive being in 4k. Um, I was very happy that I believe there was roughly 25 games that were shown. So for a console launch, granted some of the titles that were shown are not going to be coming out for Um, This year, there are some that are coming out in 2021. I think there were a couple that were for 2022, but I, I I was glad to see that there were that many shown. There wasn't a whole lot of actual gameplay, though, that was shown with these games. There were certain titles like Ratchet and Clank that actually did have... Uh, I would say a solid amount of actual gameplay. And I was very happy about that, but I was kind of surprised as to how there was kind of like more of the cinematic or the in-game cinematic engine running as opposed to, Oh, here's actual like core gameplay that, that we can show you for that. So a little surprised about that. And I, I agree, Steve, I think that a lot of games that they showed they looked fun to play. Don't get me wrong. Like, like a lot of the games that they were, that they, they were de- demonstrating on this um, really, I mean, I, I totally want to play it, but it didn't have that next gen look that I was expecting. And to me, it almost like a lot of them looked current gen. It, like I thought to myself, the games I'm looking at, I would say 90% of them could easily run on a PS4. Like if you had a PS4 pro or if you had an Xbox series X, it didn't have that that next uh, generation kind of feel to it, but that, I mean, who's to say when it, when these games actually come out, they're still in progress and that sort of thing. But um, the uh, the one of the things I do have to tip my hat to to Sony itself is that I the the, the developer intros looked professional and were just the right amount of FaceTime with each one of the the folks who were introducing the various games. You know, when I compare that to what Microsoft did with their third-party presentation, I totally preferred the Sony approach. Just because, if you recall, with Microsoft, 
they had kind of like, oh, I'm here I am sitting at my house and I have like an Xbox fr- like fridge behind me to be clever and we're just kind of bloviating here for a long period of time. And, and it kind of, um, you know, if you recall, we were talking about, yeah, come on, let's get to the games. Why are we talking longer than usual? And I felt like Sony really nailed it. We're like, the the video looked professional. They had just enough to say to whet the appetite, and you could tell that I think they actually were saying it on a couple of occasions. Well, let's that's enough for now. Let's let's let the game do the talking. And I was like, okay, that's that's good. I, I dig that. Finally, my last thought from a high level perspective was that um, I really enjoyed the PlayStation transitioning and motion graphics branding. I thought that was really nice. How it was kind of almost in between each game that they showed. They had like the the X and the the square and the the triangle and the circle and they and they had these different motifs that they would show and it was just great because it felt like we were in the world of Sony for an hour and change, which I, I found myself appreciating quite a bit. So, anyway, uh, so the first game, well, okay, what's really funny to me this was this was kind of a surprise and I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. I was surprised that they led off with GTA five. What did you guys think? Let's start with you, Nick. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. I mean, that title has been out for a very long time. Um, I gotta say it's got, it's gotta be at least two years, if not longer. Oh, way longer than two years. Oh, G- GTA five came out. I think what in 2013. Really? Was it that long ago, man? I'm yeah. getting old times just flying by <laughs> being left behind. Yes. I have no concept of time anymore. Adulting. Fun. None of us do. It's okay. You're in good company. Oh, thank you. I'm glad I found the right the right group. <laughs> but yeah, no, I was I was really kind of like, really, this is what you're going to lead with. Although when they got to the end and specifically stated that, hey, this is going to be an automatic inclusion and upgrade. To me, it was like that was their kind of like throwing the dart at the Xbox dartboard with um, Xboxes, you know, bringing things forward. Uh, for free i think Mm. they were trying to make a point that hey we've got developers that are going to do the same thing they're going to give you free upgrades to your current games that they're still supporting so i felt like that that was probably more the goal of having that there nonetheless if i had been doing it that would have been something that came later on in the middle for me i probably still would have done the the spider-man yeah um the miles morales which came right after it i believe Mm mm-hmm that's probably what I would have led with. I mean, that's one of their most recent successes. That game is phenomenal, uh, really. And, oh, yeah. Uh, the fact that they're bringing in uh, the Miles Morales version of Spider-Man, which is fantastic because he's got a lot more in his his toolbox than even just, you know, OG Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just really felt like that would have made more sense to me. However, I, I do think that it was just basically a shot at the bow of, of Xbox's um, game plan. Sure. Steve, what do you think? Yeah, I, I could definitely see that point. Uh, I think they would have. I think it would have been better if they did lead with Spider-Man. I think it would have also been better if they had maybe a head from Rockstar come out and just tell you what's going on, and then they show you, hey, this is what's how it's going to look enhanced on the PS5 versus what you last played on the PS4. Yeah, just to kind of wet some more people's appetites because I mean people are still playing GTA five. I mean, they're, they're still playing it online. I mean, there's, so there's definitely a community and a crowd that's oh, loving yeah. it. And, um, and 
I just think that that would have been better. I mean, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm, you get, you make a million bucks a month. That's definitely enticing, but I'm not going to go out and buy a PS. You know, I'm not going to go out and buy a, a GTA five version of the game just to make a million bucks and then play it again on PS uh, five. You know, I'm, I already played it once on Xbox and I'm going to play it again on the series X, you know, when it comes out. But, um, I mean, I already own that game, so why would I go out and buy it again if I if I if I can't see it on on PS5 hardware? So sure, that, that's that's what I would have done. Yeah, I'm I'm totally in agreement with you two. Where I would have, if I'm Sony, I would have let off with Spider-Man Miles Morales. I think it's kind of weird that they let off with a, a previous gen title and one that came out <laughs> seven years ago at that. But again, not throwing shade at GTA five because it's seriously one of the best games ever. And uh, I think, yeah, I, I like your idea of that. We're perhaps like maybe like even midway through the show, they, like you said, they, we, they could have um, the, the studio head of Rockstar come out and talk about what they're going to do. Like maybe like 20 to 30 seconds worth and then do like a side by side comparison. Like what you what you just said, I think that that would have been great, but it was kind of, I, I went from like, okay, I'm, I, I got this like real like sense of um, wonder and tingles and excitement. And then I see GTA five. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. However, yeah. um, they quickly, you know, righted the ship in my eyes with Spider-Man Miles Morales. And I think that it would like what you said, Nick, I think that it was so cool to see Miles Morales in the spider suit, just because in the, the previous game you have Peter Parker, that game is seriously awesome. I love that Spider-Man game and Miles Morales actually was in the previous game as well, just in a limited capacity. So it's nice now that he gets his turn in the spotlight. And I, I for one, I, I'm sure I'm not just the one. I think uh, all of us can agree that we're going to be looking forward to playing that game. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I sold my PS4, right? <laughs> a while ago. Yep. And then the Spider-Man game came out and literally I'm looking at buying another PS4 <laughs> just so I can play it because I've watched friends play it and stuff. Oh, you haven't played the I first one. I have not one. played it. I've had a chance to, oh, to tinker wow. around with it. I've not been able to play it, but the little bit I got to do, I'm like, dude, I got to play this game. Like, Steve, no, tell really, him tell really how good that game is. Game. <laughs> oh my gosh. So this is like one of the classic examples of where like, this is why video games exist where you yeah. had, you had a day and all you want to do is you want to escape. You want to unplug and you want to belong to a different universe and be somebody, you know, somebody totally different to forget about everything that you, you were just stressed about. Work, traffic, meetings, whatever. And you just want to be Spider-Man for a couple of hours. And this game draws you in and you are Spider-Man and it is proper. It is properly done. And I mean, you jump off, you jump off buildings and you're web slinging throughout and they even have like symphony music playing, just, you know, Spider-Man thematic music everywhere. I mean, you want to do everything Spider-Man does in the game and in the comics while playing this game. It is, it is nuts. It is absolutely nuts. The fighting combat makes perfect sense with, with um, <laughs> no pun intended, with the Spidey sense. Um, and all like, all the voice acting is good. Like all of it is good. And the, the facial all, the modeling is, is fa like there's, it's, it's, it's hard to pick apart and be critical of that game. 
Let me put it that yeah. way. It's like you look at the DLC and you're like, keep just keep rolling it out. Keep. I mean, all they really had to do in, in, in this in the Miles Morales thing is is tell us that it's coming out, and then that's all they really had to do. And then just <laughs> go to the next <laughs> game because I mean, like anybody who's played the the Spider Man on, on on PlayStation Four is going to be like, yeah, okay, you got my money. You already, you don't have to show me anything. You got my money. You know, on to the next thing. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Yeah. No, a, and that's exactly my impression as well. Just from what little I mean, literally sold the thing want to buy another one willing to go out and spend the money to get another ps4 just so i can play that game and now i'm telling you man like their first party stuff man they can hang their hat on that because yeah they're probably gonna buy one (laughs) because that game looks amazing and i mean how smart to have a miles morales game right after enter the spideyverse oh yeah yeah i mean definitely totally yeah brilliant um, yeah, no, I, I would actually recommend Nick, if you end up um, going for like a PS five, I would go that route just because that's the next system coming up. And I believe they said that, that there would be compatibility with the PS four titles. Isn't that right? I had heard that there was some, I don't know if the entire PS four catalog is included. That's one of those things where I'd love to get some more information because that yeah. could definitely inform my purchase. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, you, I'm telling you, dude, you would crap your pants when you play this game because I know how, how much of a huge comic book fan you are. Yes, sir. And they, I mean, you know how it's, it's been a challenge as a gamer over the last, I would say 20 to 30 years in terms of having really good and it's not even really good, but like just exceptional comic book games. And there, don't get me wrong. There's been certain ones that have been decent. And I, w- I would dare say they, they were pretty good. I would say probably the one that that is my personal favorite, of course, is the the Arkham series. Oh yeah. Uh, but um, when you play Spider Man, the web slinging mechanic, the persona, like what Steve was talking about, it could have been a movie. Quite honestly, like the the plot in this game is better than most of the Spider Man movies that have come out to this point. And I'm totally not going to spoil any of the plot points for you because you needed to experience that for yourself. But you, you need to totally give me a call when you are finally able to play the game. And especially when you are going through and you beat it, because I would love to hear your reaction to what goes on. It's, it's, it really is a supremely well done game, but anyway, not to, not to digress too far off of that. With a little bit that you did see, though, from the the preview, uh, did you have any other thoughts that you wanted to share? As far as uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales, uh, you know, I, I just was really impressed with the overall quality. I, I agree with you, getting back to what you were saying earlier, I mean, having it in 1080p, I think, kind of robbed some of the luster. Um, I do look forward to going back and watching some of the 4K renders of these with my, you know, 4K monitor where I can yep. really appreciate the ray tracing and you know the increased fidelity but even with that though i mean at the end of the day right graphics graphics are great uh but you you have to have a game that is you know got great gameplay hook and i think that they from what they showed in there i think it's just more of the same of what i've seen from the first one and then some and yeah who doesn't want more of that Exactly. Steve, what did you think of the, the preview? Yeah, I, I agree. I'm going to have to go back and watch it in 4K, but it wouldn't really matter because I'm still on board either way. So, <laughs> I mean, um, <laughs> I, all they really had to show me was about a minute, um, like that first sequence with um, 
you know, when you when he, you see his arm and then like the the face mask. I mean, I'm I'm done. I that was that was it. I, they they all they had to do was tease me. Uh, you know, 30, <laughs> 30 seconds to a minute, and I and I'm on board. So, but I I will go say again that I mean again. It was 1080p. It was not 4K, but still, I, I it didn't look like it looked like it was an expansion done on PS4 Pro instead of PS5. Yes. yes. So, not that that's taken away any from the game because it doesn't have to be a PS5 game to be great and deserve many many transactions. But um, but still, this is a PS5 event, and I want to be blown out of the water by some some new stuff and and uh, some some next gen hardware and software and. And um, I, I just didn't see it, but, you know, didn't matter. Still picking it up. Yeah. So the, the game that came after that was Gran Turismo 7. And I think it's been kind of a while bef- you know, since we've had a Gran Turismo title. At least that's my understanding. Am I correct or not? Yeah, you are correct. Okay. I feel like it's been a while since Gran Turismo 6 came out. I don't even know what year that title was released, but um, it was it was actually, I was glad to see that title return as potential. Did, did they say it was a launch title or was it going to be coming out in 2021? You know, I don't, I don't remember seeing a date. I actually recall them seeing, showing a date for that. So just to your question about Gran Turismo 6, December 6, 2013 was its release date. 2013. Okay. Yeah. I, I knew it was a while. And so, yeah, seeing, seeing the seven on there, I was happy to see that. And Gran Turismo is a quality racing title. I'm curious to compare it personally to what will inevitably be probably Forza Motorsport 8 that that Microsoft will debut in about nine days here. But I, for one, I thought that it it definitely looked nice. It would look cool. Uh, I definitely want to see more, especially when I went back and I watched it in 4K. There's a lot of detail that was missing uh, from the the stream itself. So I would encourage anyone to go check that out. But Nick, what are you a, a Gran Turismo fan or are you more of a, a Forza guy? Well, you know, that's a question with a long and complicated answer. Well, maybe not Ooh. that long. But uh, I did want to say real quick on the graphical fidelity, out of all the things that they showed, though, that thing's graphics showed off the most, even in 1080p, I felt like. I felt like it looked extremely clean. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that in 4K. Now, back to your question about which I am. So I started out playing Gran Turismo in the first one, loved it. Gran Turismo 2 is probably still one of my favorite racing sims ever just because of the sheer amount of cars that they had in that title i don't know at least at launch without dlc if there has been another racing game since with more cars available right out the gate um and i was just i mean i'd never been a real big racing fan before that i mean remember going to your guys's house and watching like daytona and playing that and that was kind of fun and everything but it wasn't really my thing but gran turismo was just so immersive, so real. I mean, you would feel like you were driving these cars from everything from the the engine sounds to the shifting. I mean, everything was just like, I mean, for someone like me who's never going to be able to afford a McLaren, uh, you know. Nonsense. <laughs> it's pretty nice. So I, I've been a big fan, but it just seems like to me that with, with uh, Gran Turismo that um, after two, and other people may feel the same way, they may not, but just in my opinion, it never they never quite hit 
that same level that they hit with Gran Turismo 2. Um, it seemed like there was always something that fell short. And then along comes Forza, right? Mm-hmm. And Forza, of course, is beautiful. It introduced, you know, car damage and a lot of other things that at the time Gran Turismo wasn't doing. And so since then, I've become more of a Forza guy. But that has probably more to do with the fact that I generally play my Xbox more than my PS4, hence why I sold it. And um, just really liking what they've done with Forza because they've done a lot of interesting things. Um, especially, I'm probably more partial to the uh, the non-motorsport part of the, uh, the series in Forza. I like the, the open road. Ah, yes. But uh, aside from that, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm pretty excited about it. It, it looked really good. I'd be curious to see what sort of uh, tech. And when they showed that map screen with like your little narrator and stuff, it looks like they're pulling a lot of cues from Forza, which, hey, imitation is the best form of flattery, and Forza does a lot of really good things. So I don't think there's anything wrong with with pulling some things out of their bag of tricks. But uh, it will be interesting to see what sort of features it it offers to differentiate itself from a Forza Motorsport. Sure. Steve, what did you think? I know you you used to be a, a quite the diehard Gran Turismo fan yourself, and then I think you kind of fell off the bandwagon a bit because you weren't as pleased with what they were doing with the titles, or maybe you got burned out. Can you uh, elaborate a bit on that? So, yeah, basically what happened with me and Gran Turismo, I love Gran Turismo, but it just seemed as if the games weren't changing um that much like it just felt i was playing the exact same old gran turismo with the exact same cars on the exact same tracks and even though the, the mm-hmm. graphics got better it was like okay well hey you remember laguna seca well you now you're racing that laguna seca I'm like yeah I, I get it i like <laughs> laguna seca but let me race someplace else or show me a different part of laguna seca different angle um and so i i actually i, I took a break from from racing for quite a while i think i just i i break I broke away from Gran Turismo and just really got into Need for Speed. And I think it was Need for Speed Shift, I think, where they you were off the street and you were on the racetrack and they didn't have any music and they really focused on the sounds of the cars. And depending on the car and how hopped up you had it and how you know stripped away of all the, like the sound you know dampening that that the cars usually have, they would they would amplify the car sounds to almost distorting levels and it sounded so pure and so good um I, th- and that's what i would expect in a racing simulator get me in that racing cockpit and let me feel how it's like and and so th- I, I i never got that with gran turismo honestly and when forza came out especially especially forza horizon 3 um mm. the sound was better the graphics were better. The landscapes were better. And again, it, it immersed me in this new environment. I, you know, I, I like, I got away from all those racetracks. I still went on high speeds. It was beautiful. I love being in, in that atmosphere and in that environment. Um, and, and that's what, to me, what it's all about. Um, could they be better? Yeah. I mean, they could, after a while and, and, and hours and hours of playing the game, you started to kind of hear a lot of similarities between the different exhaust exhaust notes and there's about like maybe four or five that they're kind of playing with but for lots and lots of cars and so i thought okay well that's probably the limitations of of you know budget and and uh you know processing and you know whoever you know whatever i don't know all the ins and outs of it but 
Um, after the Gran Turismo preview they showed with uh, with this event, at, soon after that, they were talking about how the PS5 is going to have 3D sound. And so then that perked my ears up too because, um, you know, that, that's been something I'm not only with racing games, but in almost every game, I'm always talking about how good or how you know, not so good the sound is. And if that's, if they, if they can immerse me more with not just the same old tracks and the same old cars, but different tracks, beautiful graphics, a lot better sound than I'm definitely in. I'd still have to go see the preview or rewatch it in 4k. Cause again, I mean, <laughs> to me it looked good, but it, it looked like a PS4 pro type graphics. And I, I thought, okay, you know, Forza, Horizon 4, I can throw that in there and it almost looks, I mean, yeah, this looks better, but it's not, you know, leaps and, 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 uh, bounds, you know, difference. So I'd have to go rewatch it again. But then when we were, when we were behind the wheel, it didn't sound like it was spectacular either. It, it, it sounded better than I remember, but it, it didn't sound spectacular. So we'll have to see. I, I want to see some, some gameplay, some actual gameplay, uh, more than than just that one sequence when you're you're trailing the, that uh, the Le Mans car, whatever that was, um, to, for me to really make up my mind. Yeah, I, I I will be curious to see what you end up doing if you end up getting a, a PS5 and whether or not you end up getting the the Gran Turismo title. Because I I for one when I was looking at it, I was, there was something about it where I felt as though there was a return to form for me with regards to the, how the the game was was looking, how it was playing. I don't know that there was some sort of zestiness that I appreciated. So they went from Gran Turismo 7 to Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, which this was one of my absolute favorite games that they showcased during the, the entire show. And that's saying something because I actually, I've never played a Ratchet and Clank game. And every time I see a commercial in the past for one of the, the versions of the game, I always think to myself, man, that looks like a game I'd probably like. And then I just kind of go on my merry way and I've never played one of the games so to see this particular title, which, by the way, is also developed by Insomniac Games. They're the folks who make Spider-Man. I was very interested in this title in terms of, of the game mechanics that they showed. But also, too, this was actually one of the few titles that even in 1080p, I felt like this was kind of a glimpse into next-gen graphics. Now, mind you, their art direction for that title is decidedly more cartoony. But if you noticed, and, and especially if you go back and you look at it in 4K, there is a a lot of just really nice detail and background action and stuff that's going on in there. And the, the actual battle uh, gameplay and that sort of thing to me, it looked really appealing. But what did you, what did you think, Nick? Yeah, I actually um, from a graphical standpoint, it was the first uh, one that really kind of like popped for me. Um, I, I remember writing down a note as I was watching it, that it, it, it almost seemed Pixar like. Yeah. Um, in its presentation, uh, everything from like when he was blowing things up and all the little gears and nuts and bolts are flying to him, mm -hmm. the, the detail in those, like they oftentimes like the, the collectibles or the, those resources that come flying to you in a, in a platformer often have a, a lesser quality to the graphics than the rest of what's going on, including the character and the, and the surroundings, like they stand out, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And these looked 
seamless. They looked exactly like everything else you were seeing, the same kind of sheen, the same kind of lighting. As yeah. they spun and flew through the air, the lighting changed and the shading changed on them. Um, there was a yeah, sense of I depth was, too, like the, yeah, in, in the environment. Great sense of depth, really great sense of depth. And um, I'm with you. I've never actually played a Ratchet and Clank game. I've s- exact same thing, seen them and been like, oh man, that looks pretty cool. I probably enjoy that. And then never played one. <laughs> but I, I got to say that the, the, after watching this though, this might be the one to uh, potentially break the mold and get me to try one. Just because, yeah, I mean, it, it just, it was so fluid. It literally looked like you were, like I said, playing a Pixar movie. Yeah. Steve, what'd you think? Yeah, I, I, um, not again, I always saw Ration and Clank and on the, the box when I used to work in Target and thought, mm, yeah, that looks kind of fun and funny. Uh, moving on. Yeah, hi, I help you. <laughs> um, <laughs> isn't that so weird? We're three for three on that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, anyhow, but yeah, but this one, uh, yeah, I did have that that sense of polish to it. The uh, the like when you were like dimension hopping, I can only imagine on 4K. That's when cool you're, when you're playing that game and suddenly you're in one environment and something completely different, especially at a, at a faster pace. That that's going to be intense. Uh, I, that's yeah. going to take some getting used to, but that might bring a whole different element to uh, to the game and and um, get a lot of attention too. Yeah, I think that especially if that's a launch title, I'm, I'm going to be picking that one up. I think it's high time I finally get into the world of Ratchet and Clank. So, yeah, the next I had it title. On my, oh, I was to say I had it on my list of like must buy IP. <laughs> okay, right on. Yeah, so we, what we should do is we should play it in tandem so that way we can kind of compare notes. <laughs> there you go. So the, the next title after Ratchet and Clank was Project Athea, which is a, uh, this was actually, I think, the only game to be advertised as a PS5 exclusive, which was interesting. I know that, that Nick, you and I talked before we started recording the show and we talked about how it seems as though most of the titles that were presented are probably third party and will also appear on the Xbox series X. However, this is like the one title where I, where they did have some sort of title card up there that said this was an exclusive I thought this was actually pretty interesting and they, they, they did show what I believe to be some pre alpha gameplay footage. It kind of reminded me a little bit of uncharted four in terms of the environments. Like when you're kind of like jumping from like cliff to cliff and that sort of thing. What did you think? Yeah, it it had a little bit of that feel actually kind of reminded me at first when it first came on, I like almost thought it was like another version of that unreal tech demo that they showed. Mm, It kind of reminded me, of that, the, just with the way that the the character moved and whatnot through the environments, um, so that kind of caught my eyes. Kind of like, oh, oh, is this is this the thing? Is this where that idea came from? And like, is this where it's being implemented? You know, because that tech demo was pretty impressive. Um, that being said, it was very very short, yeah. and so it, again, like I feel like when it comes to these teasers and stuff, uh, graphics are great, uh, gameplay is great. But you need you need to give the consumer an idea of what exactly it is that you're trying to sell them. You have to create a hook, mm-hmm. and uh, you know whether you do that with your the moods of your environments in your teaser or through extended gameplay footage, so that people get an idea of like what's going on. Um, this one was so short I couldn't really get a good read on it. 
Mm-hmm. But it looked very pretty. I will give it that. It looked pretty, and it, it definitely seems like there's some interesting things there, like sex, especially in regards to how you're going to move through the environment. But I would have liked to have seen more, I guess. Yeah, it certainly had a unique art direction that I, I thought was pretty appealing, too. Steve, what do you think of it? Yeah, I think it all had to do with the art direction, honestly, because... You had you saw the main character and she looked okay, but then the the environments and the enemies were basically where it was at, and it seemed like a lot of what's happening on screen, both with environmental effects and you know, little critters jumping around, and uh, as well as big critters, uh, and so that it 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 got me thinking too of that Unreal Engine demo and the similarities between the two because the way the way she jumped, like the the like the distances and that she was jumping, kind of reminded me yeah. of that demo. Uh, so, and maybe it could be also, they never gave a name to that, that, uh, title they were showing. So, well, and that was, wasn't actually a, a game that, that was just, that was something that Epic games put together as kind of oh, like okay. a fake game. It's just a tech gotcha. demo. Yeah. Okay. Um, but anyhow, um, so yeah, we'll see what it's about. It, it you know, it, it kind of wet my appetite a little bit, so it could be one to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Now what's interesting is, so we, we had, like, you know, roughly what we'll say like four different titles in a row where I'm like, wow. Okay. 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 And then they went to stray, which was the next game. And it was the one, if you recall, it had all the cats in it. I have no idea what this game is about. It's probably not my personal cup of tea, but, um, I'm curious, Nick, you are quite the cat man. Uh, did it strike your fancy? It did. It, it did capture my. I really liked the art style. I, I felt like the one thing that the teaser had going for it, and particularly, was it, it did a very good a job of setting a mood. Clearly, it's a dystopian future where humans no longer exist. Uh, don't know if human consciousness has then been transported into those robot figures that you saw, or if it's just in fact that machines are now running the earth, and then this cat is the only living thing that you see that, you know, the only organic living thing you see. So th- they certainly did a good job with kind of creating the, the mood of their environment. But again, um, they did not really convey exactly what it is you're going to be doing or the game's, you know, overall storyline. Mm-hmm. So I think they may have relied a little bit too hard on their art direction with that. That being said, some of my favorite experiences over the last probably five, 10 years have been really oddball games that if you just saw like a little quick teaser trailer, you'd be like, what on earth is this? You know, what, what am I doing? You know, I mean, games like uh, Abzu, Journey, uh, What Remains of Edith Finch, things like that. So oftentimes, like with these kind of titles, uh, I find that you just have to you just have to wait and be patient yeah. and see more of what they're going to have to offer because uh, oftentimes they're going to give you a right, right. They're going to give you a different, they're going to give you a different experience than anything you would normally ever get out of a, of a, you know, traditional video game. And that experience can be pretty impressive. So I would say that I am uh, reservedly optimistic. Okay. That's fair enough. Steve. Uh, <laughs> so you're a cat. And you're wandering around and uh, helping out your cybernetic humanoid buddies, apparently. So, um, I don't, yeah, I. <laughs> is um, it safe to say this is not something that you're going to get? 
And I'm confused <laughs> as all get out, but um, yeah, I, I I'll I'll have to see what Nick has to say with that one. I I mean, sometimes you look at a, a game and, or a teaser and it looks interesting, and then you go, "Hmm, what's that? That looks crazy cool! Oh my goodness!" And why I coughed Death Stranding was because. All you did was see the dude walking around and we thought, man, a story. Like, where are they taking it? I don't know. Mysterious. This could be interesting. This could be game of the year. And then the game comes out. We're like, all right, Death Stranding. And it turns out to be like some walking simulator or something. I don't really know. I, I mean, I couldn't really get into it. But um, so I'm not I'm not saying that the cat game, the cat people game is going to be like Death Stranding. But I'm just saying in an event like that, you got to give us more than what they did to actually have us anticipate the game and, and put money aside for it and think, yep, that's the one. I waited this entire event. I waited for the PS5 for that game. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I would say that's fair. Yeah. Uh, so the next title after that was called Returnal. And for me personally, I was reminded of Hellblade with this game in the sense that you have a, a female protagonist, but it's almost like Hellblade in space, you know, had that kind of sci-fi psychological horror kind of uh, thing going for it. I thought it was interesting. I am not sure if it's going to be a game that I'm going to pick up or not. I need to see more of the actual gameplay because it was interesting. It was very heavy on the cinematics itself, but the the really brief moments where you actually saw some of the gameplay, I thought that actually looked pretty compelling. Nick, what'd you think? Yeah, I, I kind of uh, thought thought similar things, um, in particularly the Hellblade reference. Uh, I did notice, I don't know if you guys noticed this, this was the first one in a line of several games that played on the infinite loop hook. Oh, Did you guys yeah. catch that? Yeah, the, I did. Several yeah. games. Now, I don't know if you guys have played this game. Here's a perfect example of a game that's very different, but is really good. Um, have you guys played The Outer Wilds? Not Outer Worlds, but Outer Wilds. I heard of it. I've heard of it. I can't. I don't know if I've played it. Okay, well, it, it was. I don't know if it still is, but it was available on Xbox Game Pass. And the whole thing is you start off on a planet, and you wake up, and you start your day, and you go, and you eventually you get into a spaceship, and then you fly. And as you're going, you can land on other planets, you can land on other places, your, your planet, and you're learning things. But when the day ends, you die. Mm. And so, but you, rem you remember the stuff that you did the day before. And so you keep playing it and you're kind of unraveling the story. And I don't want to get into the story because it's really something that should be experienced. But it's a really interesting loop and it played on that whole idea of this infinite loop and it's kind of interesting to see more games coming out with that infinite loop idea um right. i'll be curious to see what something like this does because that one was more about exploration this one was definitely more action-packed had more of a that third person you know over the shoulder you know shooting uh everything in sight kind of a thing um yeah i, I think it looked very interesting the combat looked interesting i would have liked to have seen more of, of the combat but I did get a little sick and tired of the the close-ups of her eyes, the blue eye and the brown eye. You yeah. know, it's kind of like, all right, we, we got the point. She has different colored eyes. Let's let's see what else you have here. <laughs> yeah, no, that was kind of interesting that they did decide to focus on that. But um, 
Yeah, cer- certainly interesting. And I-, I like I like games that play on really interesting levels where they're doing something different that kind of forces you to you know look at something in a different way. You know, even going back to something like Titanfall, there's that or Titanfall two. There's that one mission where you're like jumping off of walls and going through dimensions and then coming back in time. And yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like that was like one of the first games I saw do something like that. And you're seeing more titles, you know, take chances and do really interesting things. So it'll be, be interesting to see what their, their play on the infinite loop is. Steve, what'd you think of the game? Mm, made me think about groundhog day with Bill Murray. <laughs> you know what? I kind of got that too, a little bit. Tommy Phil. <laughs> They should make a Bill Murray Groundhog Day uh, game. I would totally play that. Oh, yeah. Just to drive the truck off the cliff with the, the groundhog. <laughs> Did yeah, you have any other thoughts with that, Steve, or not? Nah, well, not really. I mean, it's just going to have to be another one to, to add to the watch list. Uh, I, the gameplay didn't really do much for me. It just seemed like she had like a little pulse rifle and what have you. But I don't know. We'll just have to see. All right. Fair enough. So, okay, so this next one is another platformer. It's Sackboy, A Big Adventure. I personally have never played any of the, the previous Sackboys. I thought it looked all right. I, I thought it, it was definitely kind of uh, checking that particular box for more of the family-friendly game that can be played on the PS5. Nick, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, my, uh, my initial vibe was kind of Mario Odyssey-esque. You know, mm. it, it kind of had a feel with that, and but then also offering the ability to play. It looked like with four four people couch co op, which um, it's kind of a dying breed anymore. So if that is the case, and you can play like four people in the same room on the on the same system, that would be pretty nice. Because I, you know, for people who have kids, it's always nice to be able to get all of you playing at the same time instead of you know having to take turns. So that yeah. that could be a good thing, but. Um, I also have not ever played any of the little big planet games, which is what Sackboy's from. But it is interesting to see that they're making a title that's not a necessarily a little big planet game. It's really just focused on the Sackboy character. So they're clearly doing something uh, different there at a uh, Sumo Digital, a little something different with the bi- the big planet, little big planet uh, franchise. Well, and honestly, too, the fact that Sumo Digital was working on it, I actually was anticipating them to show off like another Team Sonic Racing sequel just because they, they're the studio that, that makes that, that series. And my daughter and I have been playing that game like crazy on the Xbox. So when, when, their, when their name came up, I was thinking, oh, I wonder if this is what's going to be it. And I was completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> wrong. <laughs> but Steve, you know, a big fat wrong. Steve, I know that you are dying to play this game. And you'd be correct, <laughs> Russ. You'd be correct. Uh, I'm just going to be sensitive to our allotted time and our listeners and just say, I'll pass. Next game, Russ. Oh, there you go. Very good. So the next title is Destruction All-Stars. This one was almost like it, it, it harkened back a bit for me personally to Twisted Metal. Yes. But but the thing is, though, it was like it was like a, a hybrid of Speed Racer and Twisted Metal 
Um, and Twisted Metal, if you recall, which I'm sure you <laughs> both of you gentlemen recall quite well, that Twisted Metal had a decidedly edgy approach. It was all about that destruction, mayhem. You're going through the cities. It's vehicle um, combat. And this seems to kind of sort of be in that same vein. I did get a little tired of the oversaturation of character emotes that they showed in the trailer. It's right. like, yeah, I got it. You can you can do an emote. Like I I want to see like these spectacular crashes and huge like weapon type of scenarios and that sort of thing. But I think I think it has potential. I need to see more. Nick, what did you think? Man, that that was totally what I was thinking. I was like, okay, this is like someone took Twisted Metal and went buck wild with a bunch of neon crayons. And, <laughs> yeah. right. and so, I mean, I love Twisted Metal. I would love to see that franchise get rejuvenated. That would be amazing. It's the reason I actually bought a PlayStation 1 in the first place was for that game. And uh, I, this definitely has some of that feel to it. I tend to agree with you. Like, I, I liked what they were doing, but, like, it was so bombastic. To me, it was almost off-putting. Like, it was kind of cringy. Mm-hmm. Just, and, and I didn't care for that side of it so much. Um, maybe, maybe I'm just becoming a jaded old man, and I just like my my dark, moody stuff. But, uh, but, but for me, it was almost <laughs> like, it was just a little bit almost too over the top. It was like it was trying too hard, I guess, is what I would say. It well, felt like it, it was it, trying too hard. It was almost like Fortnite meets Twisted Metal in a way. Meets Rocket yeah. League or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, Steve, what what'd you hmm. think? Yeah, pretty much the same. I, I really don't, didn't understand uh, the people jumping out of the cars and they exploded and kind of hijacking other cars and too much going on, too much in your face, like maybe overproduced or something. Um, I mean, I think, it, you know, Twisted Metal really had a feel because you were in certain venues like the, i think they had like one arena venue that you were in otherwise you were driving over rooftops or you were in paris or you know whatnot you were in you know in, in the suburbs and that was definitely cool um this one def- definitely has your seems like you're you're in definite arenas maybe the arenas are different and they look you know they might be in like cityscapes or something but um it seems like you're in this kind of captive environment that you can't get out of. I don't know. It, it definitely, I, 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 we're all in agreement with the twisted metal, but I think the, the twi- the twisted part of twisted metal was its charm in a sense. Um, and that was kind of its dark humor. This doesn't seem to have the humor. It just seems to be a little too much in your face. Maybe. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I need to see more on that. Now, the next title that they showed, actually, um, this is one that I I put an asterisk next to because I was pretty interested in, and it's, uh, I believe it's pronounced Kenna, Bridge of Spirits. And I really thought that this was a bit interesting. It kind of had the whimsical quality of Ori in the Blind Forest or Ori in the Will of the Wisps. But, you know, obviously this is not a a side-scrolling 2D title. I did think that, again, with, with the very brief amount of exposure that we had to the gameplay, it piqued my interest. I, I definitely want to see more. Nick, what did you think? Yeah, no, I, I loved this game. I really loved what I saw. It 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 established its world environment really quickly. Um, it has an aesthetic to the art style that I find highly appealing. I mean, it was just gorgeous looking game. 
And uh, I, I liked the the manner in which the 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 you know the protagonist uses her staff. And the thing that it reminded me of was: Have you guys seen the movie Kubo? No. Oh, you should watch that. It's great. It's a it's a what do you call it? A stop animation film. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. It really reminded me of that. There was a lot of the aesthetic there that that kind of, and I love that film. So that immediately resonated with me. And this was another one that was kind of Pixar-like as well. And yeah, I, I'm very interested in this game. I think it has kind of that, exactly what you said, the Ori charm with kind of almost a, a Zelda-esque style adventure. Mm-hmm. Or fable, you know, kind of a fable feel to it. Totally, and, yeah. which are two titles that I, I mean, I love Zelda and I love Fable. So, yeah, I'm 100 percent on board with that. That was one of the ones I marked down for myself as a must-have IP. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we are in agreement on that. Steve, what do you think? No, uh, I'll I'll, uh, I'll third that uh, third that 100. <laughs> percent You're a man of few words, and I admire that for you, son. <laughs> So the title after Kenna Bridge of Spirits came an oldie but a goodie, which was Oddworld. And in this uh, iteration, it's called Oddworld Soulstorm. I was not anticipating to see another Abe's Odyssey type of game come out. And I got to say that I put an asterisk next to this one. I'm looking forward to it. I haven't played the last, I think there was like one or two Oddworld titles that just really didn't interest me. It didn't look like it was as inspired. And this one seems to be kind of a, a, a true return to form for me. And it was similar in the sense where like, like with Ratchet and Clank, we mentioned earlier about how there was this nice sense of environmental depth to the game. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Oddworld Soulstorm also has that same quality to it. So while I do believe that I, the, the character Abe he seems to me kind of dated as a game character. I still like Abe. I have nothing against Abe, but in terms of when I first, I think the first Oddworld game, didn't it come out back in like, was like 95 or something. It was a long time ago. The gameplay itself has always been really fun. It's filled with great brain teasers. There's kind of this like, morbid charm to it since you're trying to rescue your pals and stuff and any <laughs> any number of things can go horribly wrong and it's all your fault because you haven't figured out how to get past like a certain part of the level but I for one am, am, am looking forward to this Nick what do you think yeah I, ha- I had kind of the same feeling I was kind of like this feels like the odd world that I used to know but like brought up into our modern times I was impressed again, like you said, with the depth of the environments. It seems like they're really using uh, the palette really well. Um, the last Oddworld game I played that I enjoyed, uh, oddly enough, this was a while ago, was uh, Oddworld Stranger's Wrath. Mm. Did you play that one? The Old I West style re- one? It was like a third person slash first person esque shooter. I don't, th- I don't know if I did or not. When, when did it come out? Oh my gosh, I don't even know. This has got to be late 90s, maybe early 2000s? It late, sounds late familiar. Late, no, no. <laughs> it was after that. 60s! After that. No, wait a minute. Because <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think it was on the original Xbox. But If you ever get a chance to play that game, I highly recommend it. But yeah, I, I, I always enjoyed the dark humor of those games. Yeah, because literally every possible thing can happen 
and go wrong and you end up killing all of your people. And uh, it usually happens in hilarious ways. And it seems like they really tapped into that again from some of the ways that they're his followers were clearly dying. Horrible, horrible deaths like the train. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely that's one that's definitely caught my interest. Um, it's, but I will say it's one I'd like to see more uh, before I you know, said, yeah, I got to get that. Steve. It's funny when the, the studio head was speaking about the game, I thought this type of humor uh, I could I could definitely see this dude laughing like grabbing his gut and laughing about the entire game like like everything you would see in the game comes right out of this one guy's imagination it could be totally wrong but sitting there looking at him and listening to him speak I thought yep yeah I could see it uh (laughs) but I have I have always been a fan of watching Oddworld, not necessarily playing it. Probably because my brain doesn't like to be teased too much, Russ, or maybe it likes to be teased in different ways. Gucci, Gucci, Goo, uh, <laughs> teasing you. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I remember watching you play, and I always thought, like when like the pre-rendered sequences would come on, or you know all the all the the, the depth and the background graphics uh, i always thought that was cool and the dark humor was fun but i couldn't get into it myself so definitely not a game that i i probably would be picking up however i i would definitely want to watch you play and help you figure out some stuff you know to get further in oh, the sure. game but i don't think it would be a game that i would want to hang around the house for 5 hours uh, at a time you know watching so yeah, it makes sense because Oddworld, actually, now that I think about it, that was kind of more of a Rust title in our our family home. You know, you you had more of the the Final Fantasy titles and the Resident Evil titles that I would watch you play. I think Oddworld was was one of the titles I played, and it was it was fun to have you sit next to me and then just try and figure stuff out and, and watch as things unfold and whatnot. So, you're welcome to come over, Steve. Uh, like as soon as I, I get this title, we can check it out. Okay, this this one, the next one is Goodbye Volcano High. Honestly, I'm not even sure if this is in uh, the correct chronological order of when this game uh, was shown, but figured uh, we could blast through it. This is the one that it looks almost like a 2D anime movie with like unicorn oh, humanoids or something. Gosh, I think I ended up fast forwarding that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll just be really quick and say, I, I really didn't have any interest in that title whatsoever. Nick, what'd you think? Yeah. A little too angsty for me. Little, little off. Didn't, didn't one feeling it. Yeah. Well, I say we go right on to the next one, which is Ghostwire Tokyo. So Ghostwire Tokyo, if you recall, this was a title that had, it, it was also kind of like that psychological thriller, maybe even psychological horror type of, of scenario. I I don't think it necessarily um, blew my socks off, but having said that, I think that it's worth a second look. I think that they have some interesting things that they're working with. But again, I think one of the problems that this game has that I think a number of the titles that they showed have is that it just didn't feel next gen. What'd you think, Nick? Yeah. And and I I think just to not continue to beat a dead horse, I would say that with a lot of these, just because they opted to do a 1080p stream, um, it's really hard to make a for sure judgment on what we saw graphically speaking. 
But I, I did think it had some interesting premises because, I mean, it was very fast paced, um, kind of in some ways reminded me of the game Control that Remedy made. Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a great game. But with with a, more of a stronger horror vibe. And uh, that could be two really interesting things coming together and marrying into into one title. And uh, I was impressed with a lot of the environmental detail um, of Tokyo itself, even yeah. though, yes, it, I would like to see it in 4K still. Um, it would be it would be interesting because uh, it's very fast paced and it, it's very rare to find a game that can juggle the suspense and horror and yet still be like frenetic. You know what I mean? It's mm. oftentimes the frenetic nature of a game kind of like subdues the the sense of foreboding that you would have yeah. in, in your typical horror title. So it'll be interesting to see if it can actually juggle both of those things and do it well. That's true. Steve? Yeah, I'll say definitely worth a second look. I was a bit confused at the title. Um, definitely worth a second look. I'll, 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 I'll just leave it there. Worth a second look. <laughs> so the title that they showed after um, Ghostwire Tokyo is Jet the Far Shore. And this was more of a, this was a shorter preview it really didn't have a whole lot to show i was kind of confused honestly through most of it so i'm gonna i'm gonna pass the buck over to nick on this one nick did you have any reaction to this particular game actually yeah like this one kind of falls into that 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 category i think that stray falls into where you're gonna want to see more of it to get a better feel of what it's about but i felt like i got a better feel with this one than i did with stray and it looks interesting. It kind of looks like you're trying to basically save your, your, you know, your civilization or your people by heading off to other planets to basically look like maybe find a habitable one or something mm -hmm. along those lines. So it kind of had a, a no man's sky kind of feel to it in a way where you're hopping planets. And I, I found that to be really interesting. Um, and I liked what I saw of the different environments because they had like one that was like in an ocean environment. They had another one where you saw this like in that ocean was like this giant creature, you know, some kind of sea serpent. But then the next thing it moved to was like a similar sized and shaped creature, but it was just its bones in a more desert and barren land. And so uh, I think that if uh, it is in fact something like that where you're trying to basically go to all these different places and you know, establish a new colony or something along those lines. Um, those kind of things always are interesting to me. So it definitely piqued my interest. I, I wouldn't necessarily say it is a must have or must buy. I need to see more, mm -hmm. but I was intrigued by what I saw. Right on Steve. Yeah. Intriguing. Wish I would see more gameplay, uh, kind of following the same path. Um, uh, it didn't look like spectacular to me, but uh, it was just one, yeah, another one of those games where I'm just questioning what's going on. I kind of, I can kind of put the pieces together, but without the gameplay, I don't really know what I'm doing, for sure. So, I don't know. Well, we'll just have to see. I guess not, not, not one I'm too hot on. Yeah, yeah. Godfall was the next title. This is one that is being published by Gearbox Software and is being developed. I, I, I have to. Uh, apologize. I can't remember the name of the developer who is working on this particular title, but it has been a buzz within the gaming circles for a while now. And it was interesting when, when I was watching this game, 
it's one of the games. I'm trying to remember what the name of it is, but what was the name of that title that Ubisoft made? It came out, uh, I want to say about two years ago. And it's, it was almost like a a medieval knights simulator where like you're, you're kind of one-on-one dueling and it's, it was like super realistic in terms of like your endurance and stamina and whatnot. Do you remember what what that was called? I know what you're talking about. I can't recall the name. Was it called honor for honor for honor. That's right. I forgot the four. Honor, yes, your honor. <laughs> not the numerical four. Honor. For, for honor, but not dishonored. Your honor. And not a forerunner, not to be mistaken for the Toyota stable. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. For honor. Or the, or the Halo enemies, yeah, the forerunners. Jermaine, Jackson, Jackson, Tito. What are we doing? I don't know. But anyway, when it came to, to Godfall... It was actually the, the, so I was I was reminded of For Honor and I tried I was actually excited for that particular Ubisoft title but then when when I actually started playing it I realized man this is not for me and it did have a certain level of success because there is a percentage of the gaming audience that really do like that genre of game. This seemed to be more of an accessible version of that. It didn't strike me as being like like a, a knight of the round table type of simulator where you're you're dueling and that sort of thing. But you definitely have the these more medieval, ancient, uh, demigod looking characters that you're kind of fighting to the death on. I did think that the art direction, while stylish it was almost too heavily stylized. I kind of wish that they would rein it back a bit and perhaps explore a different type of uh, art avenue. But that's just one man's opinion. There may be lots of people who really like it. Nick, I know you like swords. I know you own swords. What did you think of this game? You know, it was interesting. I actually kind of had a hard time getting a feel for it. To be, to be honest, I couldn't tell if it was a Souls-like or if it was more like For Honor or if it was more like Devil May Cry. I kind of felt like it was this weird am- amalgamation of all three. And um, I, I kind of agree with you. There's so much eye candy going on that it was like really hard to concentrate on any one thing that was happening. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, that might be a fidelity issue. Uh, that's another one that I'm planning on going back and watching the 4K um, footage of. Sure. But um, yeah, I like you. And yes, it's true. I love swords and, uh, you know, and I, I do love medieval weaponry and whatnot. I'm a big fan. Yes. <laughs> even, even did some fencing in my day. But <laughs> that being said, I, I I did not enjoy For Honor. And so if this is a For Honor, you know, I don't want to say clone because clearly they've got a completely different shtick going on. But if it's that style of game, I don't think it's for me because I just I never do good to those. I'm too much of a button masher. I'm over yeah. there just like drooling on myself with my tongue hanging out one side of my mouth, like ah, hit the A button <laughs> ah, 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 or the triangle. Button masher you. Oh yeah, Such I'm terrible. You should see me play Street masher. Fighter. It's what it's those an abomination. What buttons do to you? It's an absolute abomination. <laughs> Steve, what'd you think? I thought the preview at least should have shown what you're supposed to do because it was, yeah it, it seemed like a, like a, a, that an advertisement for like a, the 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 sweetest most glitzy candy cereal 
you ever, you know, wanted to get as a kid and you ate it later on as an adult and you're going like, why did I ever like this? This was so attractive. That's what it kind of reminded me of because I, okay, I'm big, I'm buff, I'm hot, I'm strong, I can break things and I can beat up baddies. Why am I doing all this? Who knows? That's just because <laughs> I can, you know? For and, the and shinies, like, baby. The yeah, shinies. exactly. For the shinies. Uh, for the ladies. <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I looked at it and I thought, you know, this is something I could, I might be able to get into depending on what the story is. Like I, it, it would be one thing if you were, you know, if this was like an RPG and you were really building yourself up and you could, uh, custom completely customize your armor. Didn't even ha- have to uh, go up a ladder, you know, on, um, just stuff you would buy from merchants. But if you had an armor set that you like, you could just get, continue to upgrade it, you know, so you can stylize it all yourself. Maybe that's how it is. Maybe that's how it's not. I don't know. It just looks like you can get big buff and rough and stuff. And <laughs> and then it cause all, all sorts of havoc just cause <laughs> you can. So uh, we'll see. But if it turns out to be something more than um, button masher, I, I think I'd be interested. Fair enough. Now, this next title, I don't actually remember what it looked like. Um, it's called Solar Ash. Oh, I do. Do you guys recall what that game looked like? Yeah. What? Okay, Nick, I'm going to punt it to you because I, I honestly, I, I'm drawing a blank. I cannot remember uh, what the game's about. So, so I wrote down a note because this one kind of caught my eye. And the way I described it in my note was Abzu meets Jet Set Radio Future. I still don't. I have no idea so what this game it, looks like. It had kind of a cell shaded look to it. Um, if you've played Abzu, it had kind of a, a you know that art style in particular. And but the guy, like the way that it looked like the character moved, is they kind of glided on their shoes, almost like they're skating. And that's what reminded me of Jet Set Radio, which I love those games. Amazing. Yeah, Jet Set Radio and Jet, Jet Grind Radio. Yeah, th- those are the Sega classics. Oh, I man. still I have no idea what this game looks. This is the weirdest thing that I wrote it down. So like the main character had like a, a kind of like it almost looked like a, a white mask with like three kind of teal eyes oh, on it. Oh, gotcha. And a cape. Okay. Yeah. And um, yeah. And, and the movement through the world really reminded me of Jet Set Radio and um, but obviously much more open. And it was kind of a, there was a points where you're upside down. And I don't know if that was just for a trailer that they were doing that, or if you're actually going to be traversing sometimes in non-linear gravity controlled ways. But uh, it, it definitely has a very interesting art style. And uh, I don't know. I mean, but the thing is, again, it's like art styles only so much. And then, mm. but the, the movement and stuff, I mean, it certainly looks interesting. I'd like to see more, I guess. Steve, that's me. Another one I got to pass on. I didn't know how to have a clue. I it got to the end and I thought WTF over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, I agree with you, Nick, in the sense that I think that the <coughs> excuse me, the art direction is. I, I, I will say it. It's striking. It's interesting to me, but I think that it, it suffered from. The fact that I, there, there wasn't enough purpose that was communicated within the game. And I think, honestly, there were a number of titles in this lineup that had the same issue with it, where there was yes. lots of bells and whistles and pizzazz and stuff. But I found myself as a uh, <clears throat> 41-year-old man questioning, uh, like, you know, 
why are we here? Why are we doing this? What What is the point of all this? And maybe it's it's specifically marketed toward a, a younger audience or something to, to that effect. But yeah, when I was watching it, I was thinking, okay, well, well, it's interesting, but I don't really understand why this game was made. Why, why are we... Why are we here? What are we doing? Now, the game that came out after Soul or Ash um, was one that actually kind of piqued my interest a bit, which is Hitman 3. I actually enjoy the Hitman series. It's not necessarily a series that like I go cuckoo for uh, Cocoa Puffs. But at the same time, I've always enjoyed the world of Hitman. I think that, that they've done a pretty good job in the past of the way they approach the subject material. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, I mean, it's a, a long-standing title that's been around for a long time. Uh, I thought it, it looked really pretty. I, I really liked the whole Dubai environment that uh, they showed uh, Agent uh, 47 in. And yeah, no, I, I think it looked nice. I've never been big on the Hitman games myself. Um, so I can't really speak a lot in regards to like experience of playing them. I played a couple, but it was a long time ago. Um, but for those who are a fan of the franchise, it looks like you're going to get more of what you like and it's going to be prettier than ever. Steve, did you ever play Hitman? You know, I was watching the preview and I thought I did play Hitman. I, I think you did. I must have played it a long time ago because I, I'm, I, my memories of that game are so incredibly vague. I, I think, I don't know. I, <laughs> I think it may be I played Hitman too. I don't know. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. I, I know I watched the movie, Hitman. Hey! Huh? Huh? I think you did. I think you either played the original Hitman or Hitman 2, because I remember watching you play it. Yeah, and I, and I don't really know what ever happened to Hitman. Maybe they just kind of put it to bed for a while because uh, you know, other stuff was happening, but I, I, it's been a, it seems like it's been a long time since we've had a Hitman game. So uh, this was definitely one that I wanted to see more like gameplay on um, because, I mean, it, if you've been around in gaming for a while, you're going to recognize the series and you'd like to see how it's grown and matured. So uh, this is definitely one that like the, the pre-rendered cinematics is kind of, you know, you, you definitely don't want to see this. You, you really do want to see how, how much uh, better the game looks. So I was a bit disappointed they didn't show much of that, but. Um, yeah, definitely one I would keep my eye on for sure. Now, after Hitman 3, Astro's Playroom. And this was, oh, wait, I, yeah, Astro's Playroom. I, this was another title that honestly I'm, I'm drawing a blank on. Nick, can you help me out with that? Uh, yeah. And I had the, the character, I think it's like, I think it's like the little PS5 robot guy. So he has like a little white suit and like blue eyes. That's the, right. The face almost looks like a digital screen kind of a thing. It's uh, another like platformer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Again, kind of like catching that kind of like Mario Odyssey, you know, Mario Sunshine kind of feel to it with a lot of platforming and stuff. Um, I would say that if that's, that's your cup of tea, it's probably a game that would, would interest you. I'm pretty picky about what platformers I enjoy. So for, for me, I was just kind of like, yeah, I mean, it's nice, but what, you know, Show me the next thing. Yeah, Steve, are you in agreement about that? Yeah, I am. I did I, the characters weren't the didn't the characters look like they were from Wally, or was that just me? They kind of do. Yeah, yeah. They did um, go into talking about and showing this other game called Little Devil Inside. Uh, what do you think of that one, Nick? Loved it. 
Uh, honestly, like it, as excited as I was about Spider-Man and of course Horizon, which we'll talk about later, I don't think that any game in there really captured my imagination more than this one. Kenna was close, but this game, they did such a great job with this trailer. Uh, you could tell a lot of it was gameplay, not just cinematics. It had a buttload of humor. There's a lot of like just like really funny stuff going on. Uh, I loved the art style. It's kind of dark. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on this. I, I felt like that they did a very good job establishing what it is you do. You go out and you hunt things and you bring them back and you do it however you possibly can. And particularly when he was on the rope and that thing is down below trying to eat him and he pulls a <laughs> bomb out of his backpack, kind of looks at the bomb, looks down, and then just goes, eh. And drops in its mouth. I was like, oh yeah, I'm sold. This is my kind it, of game, my kind of humor. It was so different. I didn't know what was going on. Cause like, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of with, with you in that regard where like there were certain scenes where I was like, yeah, this is, this looks like this could be fun. What was funny to me was that his eyeballs, like the size of his eyes kind of bothered me with the, the younger dude. Mm -hmm. But like I was the whole time I'm trying to figure out what is the relationship between the younger guy and the old dude? And I totally like the humor. I thought that there was a lot of this, this kind of like uh, <laughs> quirky humor that they had as, as, as it kind of shot back and forth between the younger dude who's trying to survive all this craziness. And then the older dude is like taking a nap or he's on the toilet or yeah. whatever it is. I'm just like, what on earth? Like, did you, did you catch what the connection was? I don't know if he works for him or if his soul is owned is owned by him or what, but it appears he's indentured to the guy. I think there's one point where he's like carrying the guy around like he's a horse. Yeah. And, uh, but it, it, I don't know. It just kind of had this like Monty Python kind of feel to me. And I just, I really love Monty Python. So I was just kind of like, this is, this is my kind of humor. I want to know more about this. You've got my attention. Steve, what'd you think of it? Yeah, th this was one that it, it definitely had my attention. I didn't really know what to think because I it, the, the trailer came on. And I thought, what in the world is going on here? Is this going to be something that, like, why are they showing it? And then, then they would show a different sequence. And I thought, man, that looks really good. And then it would show another sequence. And I thought, okay, what happened? That doesn't look very good. And then they would show another sequence. And I thought, what's happening here? But it's funny. <laughs> and, I, and then they would show another sequence. I'm like, is this the same game? Like what is going on? And so it was. It was like it was random enough that it got me thinking, and it was funny enough that I was, I was definitely paying attention. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely you know on the on the more positive side of the sh of the show and and the titles that that was uh, one of the one of the better ones for me. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more of that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. So the next title after Little Devil Inside was, I think, pretty much the only sports title that got shown, which was NBA 2K21. It was interesting about this particular title is it reminded me of when I was a game tester for visual concepts way back in like, I think it was 2004, right around there, 2004, 2005. But I, at the time, I was, well, I was actually testing the NBA title that they were working on. And so at the time also, this was right around the release of the Xbox 360 and the PS3. And so we had, I remember the dev kits that we had, and I remember being really impressed with the, the graphics engine and the, just the graphics fidelity in general, when it came to the detail of the characters, I remember that was the first time I had seen 
uh, one of the basketball players sweat and the sweat just looks so like just it just looked amazing and the the specular highlighting and whatnot and so it was fun to be able to see how the game has evolved since that time and it, it really you know the main question I have is was what the, what was shown like like was that actual gameplay graphics or was that a cinematic and I I'm not exactly sure and I say that because of my time testing the the older game and playing some of the the NBA titles since 2005 the the graphics are legit like it, it is a very pretty game I think that that visual concepts has done a really nice job of maintaining the quality of that series itself. I can't remember, Nick, I know you really like sports games, particularly football and um, soccer, but is NBA a game that, that you tend to play or not? Yeah, actually I have uh, the current NBA 2K, uh, 2K20, and I play quite a bit. I'm a paint beast in my career. Oh. And I throw down and I block oh. shots. All the As shots. You <laughs> and yeah, no, it, it's really impressive because, I mean, you, you figure you have a ton of players in the NBA and the NBA kind of similar to soccer. Um, you're easy to see like your face is there. You're not like in football where you're under a helmet or anything. So it's like people know who you are and they do a really good job with the renders of all the players faces in the league. And it's already a great looking game. So this was interesting. Although I tend to think just because of the setting and stuff that it had to just be a cinematic, but there are actually, believe it or not, quite a few cinematics in the NBA 2K games. If you're, especially if you're doing my career, because you have post game interviews where you're being asked questions and you have to choose how you're going to answer. And it determines whether you're going to get, uh, more fans or whether you're going to increase your team chemistry. Sometimes an answer will increase both. Uh, and so you do have these cinematic moments where it does kind of show off the, the character um, that you've created. And then of course you also at times, other times we'll see actual NBA players that'll come into the, the cinematics and things. And so um, I just want to say that, you know, Zion Williamson, I guess, contrary to popular belief looks better wet than dry. Cause he was sweaty as hell. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I just personally think he looks fantastic. Really, really wet. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna leave it. Fair that. enough. Hey, it, it's, it's, you know, some men, uh, they air dry, you know, they, and they, some men uh, don't dry. Cause I don't think he can dry. That was a lot no, of no. sweat. <laughs> was, huh. He, he definitely had the, I've been bawling for about five hours. Uh, yeah. Kind of sweat going in down. Phoenix <laughs> in July. Yes. Steve, I know you're not a, a big uh, sports game kind of guy, but what did you think of what they showed? Well, I was I was ready to not be ready for this, um, just like you said. And then I kind of felt like I was ready for this because it didn't show any game graphics. So I was like, "We're ready for what? I'm not I'm not ready for something." But mm. I, I'm ready, and I'm not ready. I'm I'm being told to not be ready, but I feel like I'm ready. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, he look like yeah, I agree with you all that 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 you know he his modeling in the game looked great, but other than that, um, that was uh, you know that's kind of where I stood. That's it. Yeah. So this next title to me it, it didn't interest me at all. 
I think it will probably interest uh, maybe a, a certain demographic. Well, it's not really even a demographic. It's more like just a, a certain type of gaming audience. Bug snacks. Oh my f- gosh. What the I world? literally, th- I know. I thought that we were going to see Pikmin, which blew my mind because that's a Nintendo title. But the the graphic style, I mean, it is a total, t- in my opinion, it's a total ripoff of Pikmin. But then they make this like kind of twist with the game where it's this weird, uh, once again, it's like this morbid charm where like you eat the creatures and then you kind of turn into the creature over time. And it's almost like a deranged Mr. Potato Head kind of thing meets Pikmin. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, like to me, it's, it's, it's not my cup of tea. Nick, what'd you think? Yeah, I was just watching it and I was just kind of like sitting there, you know, slack jaw, mouth half open, like total just what in the freaking heck am I looking at? <laughs> am I high right now? Did someone slip me drugs? You know, uh, that that was pretty much my experience with that. Steve. I was halfway expecting the crocodile hunter to come out. Oh, listen yes. here. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in a small, these little buggers, yeah. <laughs> and then he eats them or something or like tackles something. I'm like, okay, I'm expecting where's Steve Irwin? Because if Steve Irwin comes out, you got my money. But then it was it's just like, like if I, Steve I, Irwin was like <laughs> dropping acid or something. Is he even one of those like Beatles cartoons, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, this actually yeah. is another loop game where it's an alternate universe where Steve Irwin is an otter or something. And yeah, yeah I don't know. Like Even I said, I thought it was high. Creatures. I thought yeah. I was high. I'm sorry. <laughs> Moving right along. So the this next title, Demon's Souls. Actually, that piqued my interest. It looks, I, I isn't it by the same makers of Sekiro and Bloodborne? Yeah, it's or a remake. Or am I mistaken? It's a remake. It's a remake. It's a remaster. Yeah. And is Demon's Souls, is that part of uh it's not it's not part of Bloodborne. It's uh what's the other one they Dark do? Souls. Dark Souls. It's part of the Souls series. It yeah, is. Okay. You have light souls and you have dark souls, Russ. And then you have the souls in between, which is like the gray souls. Medium gray. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought that this was particularly cool. Um, I have not really played the, um, is it dark souls? Is that, was that what, it's, what the actual series is? Yeah. And considering your recent uh, run through of Sekiro, that that's the next one on the list for you, man. Oh my goodness. So Sekiro is one of my absolute all-time favorite games. I have never been so enraged when playing a game before in my life when I play that game, but I absolutely love that game. I That is literally like when I beat that title, I wear that as a badge of honor because that was a freaking hard game to play. And I'm kind of... Uh, I'm, you know, it's, it's like, I, I totally want to play more of the games that are made by from software, but at the same time, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, weary of it as well, because I know what, what it's going to take to get through it. And, uh, but having said that I saw the trailer for demon souls and I'm thinking, man, this, this does look really good. I'm probably going to have to play to just take the plunge. I may not be able to get through it, or maybe I will. I, I mean, you both know how ninja uh, action games are uh, definitely. It, it's a it, there's a special place deep in my cockles for ninja games, whether it's Ninja Shinobi. Gaiden or Shinobi. Exactly. 
Uh, so I can I can do that, and, I, and I'm really looking forward to them making a sequel to Sekiro. But Nick, uh, did you have you played any of the Dark Souls series or or any of the other From Software titles? Course, yes. Let me tell you, let me tell you, Russ. See, I like my television and I like my controllers. So no, <laughs> no, I have not, because my Xbox controller would probably quickly become a boomerang that flew oh, dude. the old the, uh, LCD screen. The famed temper uh of of big baby moose i'm telling you man if you i think you should not touch any of their games with like a 10 foot pole because let me put it to you this way so i was playing through a lot of secure when i was visiting my buddy sean and i got so mad like i made sean uncomfortable he was like dude you need to calm down. It's like, man, you, are you okay? Like, like he, <laughs> it so was the awesome. funniest thing. Cause normally he's the one who's always intense and I'm like laid back. I'm just carefree, whatever. I'm like, yeah, cool. And then in this, I mean, I was just cussing up a storm. I could not believe the, the difficulty of the game, but yet the game itself was like so masterfully crafted that it wasn't like I could just say, well, F this game, I'm out of here. I'm going to go do something else. Like I had to keep going because I knew it was the fact that I wasn't good enough. And so I had to keep going and keep going. But anyway, I don't want to take up too much time with that. The best Steve, part of that though, the best part of that though, is the idea of Sean being scared of you when he's like <laughs> all muscle bound and like in great shape. You're like, dude, you're frightening right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was, it was so weird. Cause like, I mean, I had to come down, like I went to visit him because I was already like stressed out as it was. And, and you know, typically we have the, these, these times where we're able to spend like a week or so together and, and it's, it's totally chill. It's a lot of fun. We play lots of games, watch movies, all that kind of stuff. And, Man, when, I, when that Sekiro game was on, it, it wasn't necessarily the case. But he he was my 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 wingman on that for sure because he would be watching. See, he wasn't engaged in playing the game, so he was able to give me pointers like after I died for like the one hundred thousandth time, and I was just frothing at the mouth and everything else. And he'd be like, "Well, try this, this, or whatever." And then if I actually would like defeat one of the many bosses in that game, he was like my cheerleader. He was like, Oh my gosh, dude. Like he came like a high five and stuff. And it was, it was well earned. I, I must say, but, um, despite the fact that you're probably not going to pick this game up, did you think it looked cool? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing I, I was, was going to say too, is that like the, despite the fact that I don't want to boomerang my TV, um, these games appeal to me. All of those games, Bloodborne appealed to me. I like, I watch, I'm like, man, that looks really cool. The, the souls games. And, and now this, and I'm just kind of like, do I have enough self-control to just put the controller down and walk away before my head goes like nuclear? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because they are really well-made and they have an incredible depth to them that you don't find in a lot of games. Uh, and, that appeals, but I just, like you said, the legendary moose temper, I'm a very nice guy. It's very hard to make me mad, but once I go, it's, it's terrifying. Literally it's like <laughs> death con five type stuff, you know, we, yeah. need, the sun's about to melt. So yeah, I just, I don't know if I want to, you know, terrify my children and destroy my electronics, <laughs> but it does look good. It did look good. I liked what I saw. Steve, what'd you think? You know, I this I thought two different ways. When the game was showing its pre-rendered stuff, I thought it was absolutely beautiful and and gorgeous. And I thought, man, this 
that's what the gameplay needs to look like for next gen is how all those like just landscapes looked. And then the game started and it, and it, it looked appealing. It just, it, but it definitely had that old game remade kind of feel to it to me. When I looked at it, it just it didn't feel like a, an original title. It did feel like it was something that was remade. And so when I was looking into it, it was like, yeah, this is a remake of the old trial. I'm like, yeah, I figured that that's kind of what it seemed like. That being said, it does look great. It looks beautiful. Um I I'm I'm not the one I'm not a Sekiro guy, Russ. <laughs> I'm not. Uh so I may watch you die ten thousand times until I fall asleep and snore, but I probably will not be picking it up. (laughs) I'm going to go on a limb here, and I am going to say that based off of your personality type and also the type of games you play, I do think that there is a From Software game that you probably would enjoy. I don't know which one that is, but I really do think you would have the well of patience. Like, you know, don't get me wrong. You would totally get frustrated too. But I do think that you would have the, the perseverance to get through one of these. Like, like there's be like Sekiro is not your bag. But I do think that maybe like Bloodborne might Bloodborne. be one. Bloodborne's the one I think that he would like. Yeah. I yeah, think I, that, th- I think that resonate with Steve. Yeah. So Arcane Studios, which is a developer of Bethesda, they um, gave an update to their title called Deathloop. And this was actually a game, I think they showed this off last year because I there was something familiar about it. I want to say that they had some sort of really brief teaser. And this one shows much more of the actual game itself. So the, the graphics, again, the graphics didn't blow me away. It didn't look next gen. It looked like something that could totally exist on the on the the current consoles, but I loved the idea behind it. I love the idea of how it's these two assassins pitted against each other. And I want to say I could totally be wrong, but it looked like you kind of bounce back and forth between controlling one or the other. I, I don't know if it's like if you if you die as one, then you take the role of the other. But it has, it's almost like that classic spy versus spy mad comics kind of thing. And it's it's also mixed in with that Groundhog Day loop that we talked about with the, with the other titles. So I, for one, am, am I'm looking forward to it. I, I wasn't like blown away by it, but I, I do think it's one of those types of very stylish Bethesda presentations that I think uh, work out pretty well. Nick, are you interested in this title? It definitely piqued my interest. It's an interesting concept. And yeah, I agree with you on the spy versus spy kind of thing there. Um, you know, it, it's funny. Uh, when it comes to graphics and graphical fidelity, I, I think it a lot of it has to do with art style. And so this one, yeah, kind of similar to a lot of the things we saw, it, it definitely had a very specific aesthetic. It kind of had a, a little bit of the art deco thing going on. And then it also was a little bit more in that cell shaded kind of realm, not exactly, but you know, along those realms. So not, not a photorealistic style. And so sometimes I think that can be misleading. And, uh, oftentimes that where you're going to see the, a title like that shine is in things like frame rate movement, 
you know, that sort of thing effects. So who knows? I, again, this would be one I'd love to see the 4K trailer and see how how things pop, you know, mm-hmm. in it versus what I saw on the stream. So it's one I'm going to go back and look at. But I, yeah, I do like the idea that like you've got this like list of people that you need to take out, but then you've also got this other super assassin on the other side that just wants to kill you because they like watching you die, and uh, th- that's kind of a kind of a funny and very original idea. And I love original ideas, so definitely interested. Steve, I I would like to see more. Um, it lo- seemed like it was a first person shooter, but. And they didn't really show much of the guns or like the sound of the guns or maybe upgrades of the guns. And so the story was intriguing, but I needed more to get on board. I think Um, it seemed uh, by this point in the, in the showcase, I was like, Oh, another, you know, infinite loop game. Okay. Uh, How is this one different? And then, it, it actually the, the graphics kind well not really sort of reminded me of um, uh, Wolfenstein in a way mm-hmm. a little yep. bit but Wolfenstein from like start to finish was awesome like you saw different guns and, the, and they had different levels and they had you know different characters that you would meet along the way and they showed story um, this one just kind of had the story but not really all that much like gunplay so um if, if they if they if it has to be if, if it is that it there is more gunplay in it and the guns are actually cool and they sound awesome you know when they shoot and when you reload and that kind of thing then yeah i think you know that that'd be definitely cool but as it stands right now i it, it doesn't seem to be enough to set it apart from from the other games yeah and that's fair to say i i think that there was more flash in this particular presentation and not as much substance, but that's not to say that the game is shallow. I, I do think that there probably will be some pretty memorable moments in the, in the title itself. Now the next title actually got me pretty excited. This game was one of the few that I felt we were starting to get a glimpse, especially if you watched the, the 4k version of it, resident evil eight village. Yes. Uh, I have to say, uh, at the, the, ver- the off the top of my head, like just 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 really quickly, I loved how they did the logo at the end. I love how it said village, and you're like, oh, okay, this is interesting. And then you saw the the Roman numeral eight that appeared within the word village, and then you realize, oh, this is Resident Evil, and so it takes on a, a whole different um, motif entirely when you realize, oh, this is a this is a re uh, title here, so. The, the graphics were, were, were really cool. It looks like they're they're continuing from the, the other first-person Resident Evil title that came out, I want to say, two years ago, if I'm not mistaken. And I actually, I still need to play, I think I bought that game. It's like one of the games that I have not actually played yet. But in terms of this, it looks like it's kind of a, a continuation in terms of that first-person perspective. It is a bit of a departure from the, the, the traditional classic Resident Evil games. But I I've, I put an asterisk next to it. I, I cannot wait to play it. I think it's going to be a, um, a game that will probably help to, to kind of uh, push what is possible in the graphics department. And honestly, I don't know if that... I think that game is not a launch title. I want to say it's coming out in 2021. What did you think, Nick? 
Yeah, pretty much the same thing. I was just sort of uh, like, oh, dang. When it finally, when it revealed that that logo and the eight popped up, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is the next Resident Evil. Um, what I really liked about it, aside from, yes, I agree, the graphics were, that was one of the ones that really kind of popped. I love the whole kind of like Transylvania Van Helsing yeah. type theme that was going on. That's a big big step away from what we're tr- you know traditionally used to with Resident Evil which is more the zombies and monstrosities and things of that nature this was more classic horror and mm-hmm. you know I really liked that one um, shot that showed the guy that I think he was turning into a werewolf and he's kind of howling I really yeah. liked their take on the werewolf and whatnot and so yeah no I'm super super stoked um, it's kind of funny because we were just talking about Resident Evil here a couple days ago. I, I really like Resident Evil when it goes hard on the horror and less hard on the action. Because um, again, like I was talking about with the the Ghostwire Tokyo, it's really hard to juggle high speed frenetic action and you know lots of gunfights and things like this with the horror. It ends up becoming more in the thriller action realm than it does the horror realm. And I really prefer my resident evil in the horror realm. And I think that they've chosen an excellent aesthetic to, you know, produce something that looks like it's going to be more of the classic horror monsters and more of a horror title. Steve, I know you're a really big resident evil fan, at least when it comes to the more traditional sense of resident evil. What did you think of this game? I'm in. He's in my my boy. I am in. No, that I, I have been wondering what direction they're going to take it because, uh, you know, we've been talking, like Nick just said, about Resident Evil for a while. And, you know, there it's been zombie, 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 zombie. And then they started, you know, remaking the, the series again with more zombie, zombie, zombie. So I'm thinking, okay, I mean, I'm way over the zombie and I'm kind of way over the, the kind of mutant creation, you know, um, whatever it, it's kind of trying to figure out it, itself to be. And so if they were going to take any direction, I would have definitely preferred them to go this direction. Like, I am in. I, I mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I mean, at the end, it seemed like, I don't know if that was Chris Redfield. Because he's like, Chris! Which, I mean, that's what I, I figured that would be, but who knows. Um, but anyhow, if it is or it isn't, it's still, you know, very cool. I am I'm down for whatever that happens in that game. <laughs> Pretty much. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm very much excited. I think this is probably one of my favorite games that got shown. And it does make me curious if this is also going to be for the Xbox, because as we all know, there have been a number of, of uh, Resident Evil titles, you know, Resident Evil 2 remake, Resident Evil 3 remake, and even the, the Resident Evil Biohazard title. They are all for Xbox. So I think we're going to have a choice as to like which platform we'd like to, um, this all to be on. So wherever it is, I, I'll be there. Yes. I'm, I'm glad that we're all in agreement. And with Steve, like I was 50, 50 on him. I wasn't sure if he was going to be into it or not, but I'm, I'm really, I don't know. For some reason I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic that he is in. So the, so we're getting to the close to the end here of, of the titles. The next title is Pragmata. And I, once again, I'm, Nick, help me out. What 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 was this game about? Okay, so this is the one where there's a guy walking, looks like through New York or something like that, like Times Square, in a, what appeared to be a futuristic spaceman outfit. That's and right. He kind of sent out this little like 
drone type thing that made this little girl appear. And then it seemed like they started to see what happened to the planet. And then the next thing you know, they were on the moon. And they're like, that's that's salvation down there. And they were looking at the earth. And again, I checked my 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 uh, water bottle to make sure no one had slipped me roofies or something. Because I was like, what what just happened? Although it was What's it looked going on here. I'm really confused. Yeah. Steve. Oh, sorry, dude. Did you have, did you, have, did you have something else you're going to say, Nick? No, no. I was going to say, yeah, that was pretty much the it. It was a very short trailer. Yeah, it was a short trailer. I didn't really, I was trying to figure it out myself. And uh, by that point in the show, uh, there was so much going on that you either knew what was going on or you didn't have a clue what was happening. And you are, but I was just kind of tired of trying to piece everything together. I just kind of wanted to be told at that point, like, this is our game. This is what it's about. And, um, you know, this is why you should give us money. And I couldn't figure it out. So I was kind of, I was kind of over it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. So this brings us to my favorite game that was shown uh, with the entire presentation, Horizon Forbidden West. And I... Forbidden South. Exactly. No, wait. I was hoping that they would show this... (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Nick, did you play the, the first door. Horizon Zero Dawn? Yes, I did. As a matter of fact, <laughs> you, that was the last title I played on my PS4 before I sold it. Did you beat it? Yes. Okay, excellent. So, uh, so quick note. Our good old friend Brad actually made a prediction. He thought that they would lead off with Horizon uh, Zero Dawn 2. He didn't know, obviously, know what the the title was at the time. And then he thought that they would end it with the Spider-Man sequel. And it's funny how they did the reverse of that. But kudos to him for for calling that. And he also called the fact that they would show the the console itself. I didn't think they would. I thought they were going to hold off on that. But anyway, I cannot tell you how thrilled I am for that game. And to see, especially when I went back and I watched it, the, the 4K version of it, it it made me grin ear to ear to see this game. It's been a few years since the, the last title uh, or actually it wasn't the last title was the last expansion pack for the, the first one came out and I'm, I I just, I love what, what they're doing with it. I love how they are making a focus for her to push West and what kind of like crazy, like, you know, post post apocalyptic, uh, venues and vistas she's going to see like one of my favorite shots was seeing the golden gate bridge and it, like all the vegetation had grown and formed over it. And I love the, the huge cyborg elephant that kind of reminded me of Lord of the Rings when they had yes. those, uh, elephants, you know, uh-huh. um, I think that there are, there are certain nods to some of the, the, uh, you know, most beloved, type of, of movies. And that's, you know, Lord of the Rings is definitely one of those, but, uh, the underwater scenes, I absolutely were, I was, I was totally geeking out over that. I I thought, man, how brilliant is that? Because in the first title, she does a lot of, of going through forests, running through fields, going through some of the, the buildings that are, that are all desolate and, be going through caves, lots of um, sandy dunes, but there was never any swimming that involved going underwater. I thought, man, what a brilliant notion where they did, they weren't going to just like rinse and repeat what they did before. 
there is a very conscious decision, at least when it came to, to the, the trailer itself, to have more of an emphasis on that. And one of my favorite shots is when she has that breathing apparatus that allows her to breathe in the water and she just swims right up to the camera. Gorgeous. And I loved how they actually showed gameplay. And it, uh, to me, again, I'm going to be a bit of a hard ass on this and say that the graph, you know, the, while the graphics are beautiful, it still wasn't quite at the point I, I wanted it to be in terms of it being a next gen caliber game. But that is a very small, very minute gripe just because the game is probably still very early on. I don't think it's going to be a launch title. And I don't even think they, I don't even think they said when it was going to be coming out. I think it was literally there to, to just let everybody know, yes, we are working on this for PS five. I would be absolutely beside myself if it was in fact a launch title, that would be the game that I would buy and just play forever until I beat it. But my goodness, like that was a, a very nice payoff for them to be able to, to kind of have a bookend to the, the 25 games that they were showing. But anyway, I could go on and on. I'm going to shut up and pass it to you, Nick. Yeah. So interesting. So you watched the 4k trailer and you still felt that way, right? I did. You know, the 4K trailer was more impressive and there were certain things about it that I, I really, I, I am impressed. Like, I don't want to like come across as, as not being impressed, but at the same time, I really wanted there to be a bigger graphics fidelity step. Hmm. I will have to watch the 4K one and see what I think. Because in my opinion... Xbox Series X, PS4 Pro, doesn't matter. And here's the thing. I played this game on the, just the, just playing PS4. I did not have a Pro. That is still the prettiest game I've seen in this generation. Oh, yeah. And I, I remember distinctly, right at the very beginning, I fire the game up, Horizon Zero Dawn, and I'm standing near this tree, and I look over at the tree with Alloy, and there's leafcutter ants climbing up the tree with bits of the leaf that they'd bit and it was and it wasn't like a just a texture thing that's moving on it they were actually rendered crawling up the tree with these leaves and i I just sat there and watched that for like probably 10 minutes just like this is the most incredible thing i've ever seen look at this because it's just this it's this tiny little detail that doesn't even have to be there they could not have that in there and that scene with the the tall wheat and everything as you're 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 practicing sneaking and you're getting ready to take the test and everything was was fabulous by itself. But here's this like this little piece that just made and to me it just made that world so alive, so incredible that I mean, right from that point I was like, okay, th- this is just landmarks type stuff. This is the, cra- the craziest looking thing I've ever seen and just the best looking game I've ever looked at. And even in 1080p when when she was in the water with the coral and then she comes and she swims through and you see the, the what's left of the San Francisco sign from the building that's by pier 39. Mm-hmm. I was just like, this is incredible. <laughs> I, I, yeah, pretty much pretty. I watched that thing with my jaw basically down in my lap. <laughs> and, uh, to say, to say that I was stoked would be an understatement. And, um, pretty much agree with everything you said. Uh, although I will say I'm so captivated by that world and, and her character that honestly, like 
it could be the exact same graphics as the last game and I'd be totally fine. That's true. I'm good. That's very true. <laughs> I'm totally good. And I'm sure it will be better. And I'm really, really looking forward to that title and getting lost in that world again. Yeah. Now, Steve, I know you haven't played the first Horizon Zero Dawn. Do you have any inclination to play it at some point before the sequel comes out? Yeah. What I would probably do, though, is I will wait to get the, my PS5 and play Horizon Zero Dawn on the PS5 so I get that you know maximized graphics for for everything and I can experience it that way before I would uh, I'd go into you know the the next one but that being said like every time I would come over to your house to watch you play you're like oh yeah Steve come on over we'll twitch we'll twitch you can watch me play I'm like okay Russ that sounds great you know bro time yeah I'll come over there and you go oh what's this no I gotta make something okay and then you would you would like flick the button to to turn on that thing in your ear to make that hologram, but you'd do that like about 25 times. I'm like, what is Russ doing in this game for an hour and a half? Like, I don't have a clue. And so then I I just got I just started like declining your invitations. Like, come on over, Steve. You like Horizon Zero Dawn? You like watching me play? I'm like, no, I don't. Not anymore. It's boring. I don't know what you do in that game or why you like it other than it's beautiful because I have no clue what you're doing other than making that, that, <laughs> other than making say, that, arrows and, and taking down mechanical T-Rexes. I have no clue what you're doing. That game has one of the best stories in a game. It easily, definitely in this generation, it's, it's in the top two, if not the best. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, the story is bar none. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. It's one of the best <laughs> told gaming stories. Wow. Um, and the art, I mean, as you know, the art direction is also one of the best in the industry I have ever seen. I, I think a lot of it is, uh, it's on another level. Uh, I'll, I'll just put it there. And Steve, remember, when you play, you don't have to do the week, 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 week 50 yeah, billion exactly. times. You can choose to do it less. <laughs> <laughs> but then I might miss something in the game, something important. <laughs> what the heck is going on here? I think you'll be okay. I don't think I hit it that much. So you'll, you'll be all right. Keep your eyes open. So the final thing that I wanted to discuss, and I know that, that we're kind of long in the tooth with this. This is going to be a, a longer podcast. And I expected this to happen because of just how much was shown. Sony decided to reveal the much anticipated hardware of the PlayStation five itself. We had talked in a previous episode of Joygasm about how uh, Sony might have a bit of a departure from what Microsoft has shown with their Xbox series X. And we were correct. As Nick said earlier, um, there, there is a, a definite departure to it. I think that it is a decent design. I think here's the thing, Sean, good old Shawnee. He yeah, sent me Shani. a text. He, he sent me a text of a route. It was like a modem or a router that literally looked just like the PS five. It was black in the center and had a bunch of little like light up, uh, you know, icons 
that say, you know, this one means connected. This one means it's on. This one means, you know, just going down the whole thing. And it had these two white sided fins that were going up on both sides. And so I was like, oh, and then just, it really, you know, it kind of made me realize this design actually is not as like forward thinking as uh, I, I thought at first blush. Having said that, I do think it's fun that they decidedly have gone with kind of a stormtrooper look and it's kind of like an iceberg white color. Uh, I still really like how the controller looks. I think it, it's it's very much from Microsoft's playbook in terms of um, the Xbox controller. And I think it's a very good thing. The system itself, if I were to compare it to other PlayStations that have come out in the past... I will say my favorite still to this day is the original PlayStation console design. I think that is a incredibly clean design with like the, the circular tray in the center that you, you open and it just kind of, uh, you know, it, it opens up for you. And then you have two other smaller circles, ones for the power ones for the, I think it's the eject button. It's either, it was either reset or eject. Um, I think it was eject. But anyway, I, I've always been a big fan of how clean and simplistic that particular console was, and I, I didn't care for the PS2 or the PS3. I did think that the PS4 was a bit interesting in terms of its stair-step approach. This, though, you can tell that they wanted to try and get the Roman numerical 5 somehow subconsciously in the design itself. If you look at it straight on, it does look like a very narrow Roman numeral uh, 5. <laughs> Having said that, though, it does. I mean, it looks clean. It, it, it kind of looks like something that Alienware would make to be if I'm being perfectly honest, like with the way that some of the, the vents looked and that sort of thing. Um, again, I don't think it's necessarily a bad design, but also, too, I don't think that it, it was anything to write home about. But Nick, what is your opinion of it? I completely disagree. I, I loved the design. I thought that it was sleek it was futuristic. Um, I agree. It does remind me of Alienware type stuff. Um, but I mean, in the end, I mean, how much can you do with something that's got a bunch of, you know, computer parts in it, essentially? Uh, I imagine that there's some limitations as far as like form, unless you're just doing form for the sake of form. But it, it is my favorite design. I, I really like that they they departed from the kind of angular um, style that they've had for pretty much the majority of the PlayStations other than the PlayStation one. And, uh, I find it to be really interesting. And I saw a picture of what it looks like when it's sitting down and that, that looks really nice too. I don't know. I, I like something that's daring. I like something that is willing to kind of like issue what you're expecting. I, I feel like compared to the Xbox, which literally looks like a black brick, it's humongous. <laughs> um, for me, for someone who works, uh, on, on the road and goes on overnight trips a lot right now, I bring my Xbox series X with me and I bring it inside my, my Vanguard case from, uh, games, which has a built-in monitor so I can have everything and I can have my games with me because going out to eat by yourself sucks and going out to a movie by yourself sucks. So I stay in my room and I, I play Xbox when I'm on the road. I'm not going to be able to carry that dang thing around, man. I'm going to need like a donkey to like load up the, the, the Xbox. But this thing is nice <laughs> and sleek. It's pretty. It'll fit in your uh, your resident uh, entertainment center. No problem. You have the option to stand it up or lay it down. 
And uh, I also like the the three tone colors that goes with the controller as well, with the white, the blue, the black. And it looks like I can't tell for sure, but it looks like the blue parts are actually lit. Yes, and I think they that's are. a nice aesthetic as well. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I I like where they've put the the um, accent lights, both on the on the controller as well as the system itself. So, Steve, what did you think? You know, I I didn't think um, router, but I can definitely see it. What I thought was more like a, a cable box when I saw it first, like a very very fancy futuristic fiber optic cable box, but. <laughs> But it is a, it is like a, a centerpiece in a way. I mean, it it looks like you would expect a next generation gaming system to look like you wouldn't really want it to look like the PlayStation Four, which kind of looked like the PlayStation Three in a way, and which was still the same color as a you know PlayStation Two. Like this is totally different and looks upgraded and looks sleek. Um, I mean, I, I don't think it looks like crazy cool, but I, I definitely, you know, we're looking at a black matte brick for the Xbox uh, Series X. And so pretty much, I, I think I said on the show before, anything is going to be better than that. And we, this is what we get. I mean, Microsoft's got to go, hey, you know, we, we probably have better hardware, like internals and stuff in our system, but man, that thing looks way better than ours. They I mean, someone, the higher ups have got to be talking about it. Um but, you know, I, I definitely think it looks cool. I mean, it, it, especially if you play in low light with that, you know, the whole thing lit up as it is. Uh, I, I think it looks pretty cool. Um, I like it. I dig it. Some people have been wanting a, 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 a one that's just black altogether. I don't know if I really want it all black. I kind of like it two-tone. Well, I think I saw they're going to have like a Spider-Man version of the PS5 come out. I don't know if this is Sweet. legit. But I saw one that was all black and there are actually two versions. One is all black and then it has like the blue accents. And then there's like a Miles Morales version that was all black, but had red colored accents. So again, I need to double check that just because I don't know if that was someone who was, you know, they slapped something together in Photoshop and it's wishful thinking. I need to get back to you on that, but I did think that was a, a pretty nice option if, if uh, they do plan to, to have that come out. Uh, one other thing, I did find it rather amusing that, you know, the rumors have been around for a long time about uh, Xbox Lockhart, the supposedly all-digital, slightly less expensive version of the, the Xbox Series X. And uh, it's funny to me that PlayStation beat them to the punch with actually showing and presenting theirs because they showed it at, at the end there, the digital version. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't, I'm curious to know what the price point is going to be. That was one of the things that they did not talk about. One was price and the other was release date. And that that it didn't surprise me because that is kind of, I don't know, both of those, those items are what these companies tend to play cat and mouse with because they, they're trying to get the other company to show their hand first so then the other one can try and counter and that sort of thing. But I did notice that. I liked how they showed the all-digital version that where literally all you do is you download your titles and then the other one still had the CD tray. Which version, Nick, do you prefer? You know, uh, I have been getting more into buying things digitally just because apparently 
I'm getting lazy in my old age and don't feel like getting up and changing discs. So I've only been buying discs for games that are really near and dear to my heart. But that being said, I probably would still get the full featured one with the ability to use discs because in the event that I want something um, permanently, I like having that option, you know, and with the digital, if you go all digital, then you're, you're all digital. And then if there is ever support that wanes for that sort of thing, you're kind of, you know, fish out of water in that case. You're, you're not going to be able to recoup your purchases. But if you have the disc, yeah, maybe you can't do the online features. But if it's a game with both online and offline features, at least those offline features are still available to you. Yeah. And I think, Steve, it's probably safe to say you would probably prefer the version with the disc tray, correct? So you could play the, the physical copies? Actually, you know, I was thinking about that after I saw both. At first, I was thinking, yes, that that's what I would go for. But then I got to thinking that most my of my library is is physical discs but on Xbox and on my on PlayStation I only have a select few games that I've been playing and those are downloaded um onto the hard drive so then I thought well I mean I I still want to replay all those games on PS5 but I don't you know I would just basically transfer the data and it pretty a lot of the games I want to play would be available for both systems anyway so instead of buying two hard copies of the game and, and and that that taking up space <laughs> on my limited amount of uh, you know TV stand space, uh, I think I would actually go for the digital download version. Russ, oh, color me surprised. Can I add one caveat? I will <laughs> oh say goodness. this: if these companies continue to add in support for things like backwards compatibility. And, and things like that. And that's something they plan on doing a lifelong support of. You could sway me to go digital. Cause I mean, that's one of the problems is that, you know, if, if that support stops in the way with digital purchases, if the support stops and they're no longer having their servers up, which doesn't verify that you made the purchase, then all of a sudden, even a game that has online and offline, you could lose the ability to play it. If there's no extra tech support, on the back end. I don't know the technical terms for this, so I apologize, but hopefully I'm making sense. And so, but if they're going to continue to do like what, what Xbox is doing and now finally Sony's starting to do, and they're going to support all these things long-term uh, with a, a long-term catalog, yeah, digital could become more appealing, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. I, I still hold on to the, the notion that I, for, for the, the very select few titles that are absolutely life-changing and usher in a, a new bar of excellence when it comes to game experiences, I, I still really enjoy having a physical copy. Uh, but I will, I mean, having said that, I, I do think the digital download is super convenient one of the things I do think about, though, is that these games are going to be huge. Like, like the size of these titles, we're talking hundreds of gigs. Like, it's, it's crazy because, like, right now, a lot of games will be between 5 gigs to, uh, say, 20 gigs. Sometimes maybe even 40. We'll go as high as 40 gigs. But some of the games, uh, actually, it's not even some, it's most of the games that are coming out for next gen are literally going to be hundreds of gigs. So you probably, I think, depending on what the size is of the hard drives, 
you're probably only going to be able to have a handful, maybe two or three games on your system at a time before you'd have to like uninstall it to install the next new game. And I don't know how people will feel about that. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, you, you definitely will probably want to buy stock in uh, hard drive companies. <laughs> well, well, that's the thing. I mean, you see that both companies have come up with some creative ways for removable hard drives. Yes. So that you can swap. You know, uh, Xbox is going to have that proprietary memory stick that kind of harkens back to the, the PlayStation 1. If you remember when you remember the little, the little uh, discs you could put in the front by the controllers to like transfer your saves and stuff. Yes. Yeah. So they're doing something similar to that, obviously much more advanced and has a heck of a lot more storage capability. But, uh, and then I think that the Sony's um, special SSD, if I recall, can it be removed and another one purchased to put in so you can kind of like swap your SSDs out or something like that? I'm not sure. I can't remember exactly what their their option was, but I know it was something you know along those lines. They're going to have options for additional SSD. Uh, and of course with the Sony, with their special SSD drive, you're going to ha- probably have to buy theirs. I don't know if there's going to be a secondary market, you know, third party ones that are going to have that proprietary tech that they've gotten there that makes it so fast with load times and stuff. But yeah, I know that both of them are working on options so they can combat some of that. Cause yeah, you're not kidding, man. These, these 4k games are massive. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're definitely really really big. So when it comes to um, concluding thoughts, I figured we we each kind of give that. Was starting with Nick, but I'd I'd like to hear just what your overall impression. I know that that we gave high level thoughts at the beginning of this, but in terms of what all we've covered, and we've covered a lot in this episode, I'd I'd like to hear what your concluding thoughts are with regards to how Sony did and what we can expect from Microsoft. Well, on on that note, I would say that I felt like Sony did really well. uh, And I said that at the beginning. I think that having such a breadth of games and titles, and they were all very different. It wasn't a lot, you know, it wasn't just a glut of first-person shooters or something like that. They showed a great deal of variety. I really loved, like what Steve said, having the little snippets with the developers kind of talking about you know, their experience either in making the game or their experience in utilizing the the PS5 architecture or whatever it would be was a really nice touch. Um, I will say for me, if I was going to say like, if, if I was getting these things, here's the must-have titles I was going to get, you know, it would definitely be Spider-Man, uh, Ratchet and Clank, Kenna, and uh, Resident Evil 8, and Horizon, of course. Like those, those for sure are the ones that I was just like, yep, Got, I'm going to have to get all those games. I need to play those. And I think that what they've done is they've set a really high bar for Microsoft for the rest of the summer. Because from what I understand, they both plan on having um, future conferences or future reveals. The I, I still feel like the, the PS5 with co- a combination of the system itself and its form design, I think it's a better looking unit in general. Um, although I still say I prefer the Xbox controller, but it's it's the it's the uh, first party titles. They have such a good catalog of first party titles, and you need those those amazing intellectual properties that set you apart. And in the end, 
even though the Xbox might be a better system with better hardware that can do more, if they can't meet the call of having great first-party titles, I don't really care about the fact that maybe Horizon doesn't look quite as good as the very best thing that comes out on an Xbox Series X. I want a unique experience with a good story that I'm going to remember for a long time that I'm going to talk about with my kids and then I'm going to have my kids play it. You know, that that's what I want. And I think at the end of the day, Sony still has that feather in their cap and and Microsoft has a lot of ground to make up. If you were to give it a letter grade, what grade would you give the show? I would give the show an A minus. Okay. I, I think that the, I would give it the A minus only because I feel like some of the trailers kind of left a lot to be desired from a sense of getting a better sense of what the game was offering or the fact that a lot of them were just cinematics it appeared for the most part, not a lot of gameplay. Um, and also because they opted to stream it in 1080p, which I think did them an injustice. There's a lot of people who aren't going to realize that there are 4K <laughs> versions of this stuff out there to watch. And they're going to come away from this going, well, this just looks like what I have right now. And I don't think that that's fair to PS5 to assume that. But, you know, perception is 99% of reality. And if what you perceived was something that's not particularly graphically impressive compared to what you already have, that may influence your decision on what you buy. So that's why I dock a little bit off. Steve, what are your concluding thoughts and rating? I would, th- I think I'd have rated a B or a B minus, to be honest, because I, I'm seeing, we, we've all talked about this, but I, I was seeing some similar patterns in where I think if they stuck to the best parts of the show and just, and just did that, didn't have to fill up a, an entire hour, hour and a half or, you know, hour and 20 minutes, whatever it was, but just stuck to the meat of really the, the best parts of the show, the best games, the little, you know, uh, bits with the developers that get the game console uh, re- uh, reveal. I think that it would have easily been an A because, you know, Sony's been playing their cards close to the chest and Microsoft's been really parading about and making a bunch of mistakes. And, you know, so Sony, here you go. Here's your time to shine. And, and they did shine, but, it just seemed like there was they didn't have to show as much as they did to really get people on board. I think the games that really lit people up were the games that, you know, of course, that we're talking about. I think there was a lot of games that they didn't show enough of, and we're going, why are we, why, why, why? just why? Um, I don't get the story. I don't, you know, this type of game is not for me. I don't really understand the graphics. Um, and then, you know, of course, what Nick said, you know, I, I think one more point to the not having the, the 4k being streamed. I think everybody would want to see it live. And if they couldn't, um, if they couldn't get like the, the, the bandwidth or whatever, even if they could, or they couldn't, they're still going to go back and rewatch the cinematic trailers or the game, the gameplay of, of the entire game. Once again, when not everybody in the, on the planet is going to be watching at the same exact time, you know what I mean? So even if you couldn't get that bandwidth to get it at, at 4k, you're still going to go back and watch it in 4k, but it's that moment of wow, all up front that would really hook people. And I think they, they, um, I think they did a, a good job, but I think that they did too much disservice to themselves to really knock it out of the park. So am, are, am I interested? Yes. Did I think they do better than Microsoft? Yes. Um, but are they, they head and shoulders above what Microsoft did? I don't think so. But I think, I think they're better. I just didn't think they, they uh, 
they had a knockout. That's certainly insightful and fair enough. Um, and, I, and I agree with a lot of those points, um, not only from you, but also from Nick. When I look at the, the game's lineup, there are several on here that I'm very interested in. I mean, I look at Spider-Man, Gran Turismo, Ratchet and Clank, Kenna, Bridge of Spirits, Oddworld, Soul, uh, Soulstorm, Demon Souls, Deathloop, Resident Evil 8, Horizon Forbidden West. So it's almost like half the games they showed I'm very interested in. So I think that they gave a, a pretty robust presentation and I think that if I'm Microsoft, then I, I can tell that Sony really came out swinging. Like, like they, they wanted to have a strong showing. I think that they got there for the most part in terms of wanting to have a strong showing. I think that when it comes to, and I know I sound like a broken record when I say this, but when it comes to demonstrating what, you know, pulling back the curtain to see what next generation truly does look like. I don't think they hit the mark. I think they hit close to the mark, but I don't think they hit it right on the bullseye. And I'm curious because I, I, I feel as though they've given Microsoft the opportunity to come back and redeem themselves, which is interesting because their initial third party showing was quite underwhelming. I think it's it's safe to say it's unanimous among everyone who saw it. They're like, yeah, we were kind of expecting more. And I think the part of that problem was, was the way they promoted that show. But I do think in terms of putting the gauntlet down, I think to a certain extent, Sony has been very effective in showcasing that, that their next gen console has been well thought out to Nick's point regarding like, like the first person stories, the adventures, that is something that I, I know all three of us really love. And Sony has been championing that for some time now. And I think that in terms of, of Microsoft, I'm going to be curious to see what their response is going to be. And I think that they're supposed to have their first party presentation in about nine days or so from now. But I do think that the, the presentation that Sony gave, I don't really, I don't know what else they could really do in terms of what all else they could show because I was even thinking that they wouldn't show the console. My, my prediction of it was they're going to show the games and then they're going to wait for Microsoft to show their first party games and then a way to kind of combat the excitement of what Microsoft shows. That's when they're going to do their console reveal. Sony ended up not doing that. Looking at how they did it, I actually think it was pretty smart how they they, they, they decided to also show that at the very end. So I think at this point, Sony is looking better off than Microsoft. But I mean, that next showing is going to be pretty pivotal. You know, I think that if, if Microsoft were to come out and have just a phenomenal showing of what their first party studios have been working on. And there are, I mean, there's like what, between 13 to 15 first party studios that Microsoft has been acquiring over the past several years. So it's going to be interesting for sure to see. However, if Microsoft comes out and, and they have another dismal showing, this is going to be Sony's game to lose. I feel like at least when it comes to the, the initial launch, and I think in terms of a, a grade for what Sony has done, I would probably give it 
I'm going to say a solid B. I think that that while the you know 50% of the titles are, are are titles that I'm very interested in, the other 50% I had zero interest in and honestly it kind of reminded me a little bit of the the issue that Microsoft has where like they're very uh, for some reason that they're kind of enchanted by the whole indie developer style game. And while there may be one or two that kind of make me want to check out and that sort of thing. I'm just not into that. I'm into the blockbusters. I'm into the triple A's. I'm into that, that innovative approach to gaming. That's going to just absolutely blow me away. And even when it comes to the titles that I'm very interested in checking out, it's, it's what I mentioned earlier. Most of those titles look like a PS4 pro could probably handle it. And like to give you an idea when you play Red Dead Redemption 2 on a PS4 Pro, the graphics engine of that, it, it, set, it set a new bar of excellence in terms of what gamers should expect from developers in terms of, of the graphics fidelity. And that title came out, uh, I want to say, was it a year ago or two years ago? Two years, yeah. Two years ago? So... That means that there, there, you have two years of development time. And actually, in that title got started way back. I mean, it, it, they've had at least five, if not seven years of development time on that title. So they, they've been working on that for some time. That notwithstanding, you look at how there's been two years that have passed. Plus, they're working on um, hardware that is far beyond what the current gen is capable of producing. And when I see that, I tend to have a bit more of a critical eye because I think there shouldn't be any reason why every single game, even if I'm not interested in playing it, from a look perspective, it should be head and shoulders above what we're seeing. So that's kind of the conflict that I have personally is that on the one hand, I'm totally going to play these games that I'm interested in. I totally am excited to check these games out. I know I'm going to have a great time playing those games. But if you were to ask me, you know, did you feel like you got a proper look at what next gen has in store? I'm going to say, well, kind of, but you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that, that grand slam I was looking for. And so I, I'm interested to see if Xbox is going to be able to have that. But well, anyway, I, I want oh, to make one more end of that too, is at the sure. end of the showing, I was not in a hurry I didn't feel that sense of need, that of rushing out and buying the system. Like I, I still feel that way with Xbox, mainly because of my the library that I currently have, and I do I I really appreciate the system, you know, the current Xbox One as it is. And so, yeah, I really want to go out and still get an Xbox, even with the the ho hum show that they just had. But Sony had the chance to really show me, hey, you need to buy this system at launch, and this is why. And so far. I'm okay with not getting it at launch. I'm okay with waiting a little bit till the rush dies down and then maybe picking up one. Yeah, that's totally fair. And uh, and I'm actually curious to see too, like what are the like signed off? These are the games that are going to be available at launch. I, I don't have that list handy. Do you know, Nick, like if, if they've actually said which games from that lineup are officially going to be coming out for launch? Uh, no, I haven't seen anything specifically about that. Um, I will add this, uh, little caveat to what you guys are saying there. Caveat. Um, there is a lot of people who do like indie games 
you know, and oh, while on, that, that may not, I'm just kidding. While that may not be your cup of tea, <laughs> the fact that they show that they have strong support there, they're, they're hitting the entire demographic. Yeah. And, and I think that that's, that's important. Number one. And then in regards to, to, to Microsoft and, and their end, you know, just, I, I really feel like this, this next presentation of theirs is extremely important because right now you have a situation where most people who own two systems, this is the, the common thread you hear between them. I buy anything that's third party that's available on both on my Xbox one X because it looks best and plays best. But all of my first person, first party games, you know, I'm buying on my Sony. And I, I just, I worry that that's going to happen again. And I think Sony showed you why it might happen again. Mm-hmm. And I'll leave it at that. I, no, I, th- I, th- I think that is very astute of you to, to say that. I thank you for that. I actually want to thank Nick for coming on. I know that the, this is a, a bit of a longer podcast than what we typically do, but um, definitely am thankful that he joined us. Always appreciate your perspective on the gaming well, world as well as the movie world. Plus, he hasn't even joined us for that many shows. So, you know what? He could join us for a two-hour podcast. He's got <laughs> about 20 more hours of a show time he still needs to spend. So, you know what? Take that back, Russ. I, I will not. I have said it. It is out in the ether. There you go. Anyway, that wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Make sure you tune in next week. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm, which is spelled J-O-Y-G-A-S-M, and consider becoming a monthly contributor. You'll get exclusive perks and early access to the show, not to mention it really helps us continue doing what we love to do. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live sometimes with big baby moves live every wednesday night at 9 30 p.m central time we will all see you next week